Anyways, yeah. Evan, hey buddy. Hey, how's it going? Evan Lunning, right? Is it, Evan Lunning, yeah. Lunning, yeah. Yeah. I feel like when you first got on with the Forest Service, a few people are butchering your last name every once in a while. Yeah, no, it's it's happened. Uh, yeah. It's a uncommon last name. It is, yeah. I don't know any other Lunnings. You know, like I ran into even a few other Barretts myself, you know, mm-hmm. but like, you know, and Smiths, of course, and you know, some of the other more common names, but mm-hmm. yeah, I haven't ran another one of those. Yeah. And you're from Moscow, born and raised? Moscow, Idaho, born and raised, yep. Uh, and you went to school there too, right, the Vandals? Yeah, after high school, I stuck around and went to the U of I, yeah. Nice, <laughs> U of I, yeah. Uh-huh. Were they uh, were they in the Big Sky Conference at that point, or was that... Um, I don't know. I think, depending on the sport, they kind of were just in and out. Oh, like, isn't that weird too about college? Yeah, but I don't know. It, it uh, it makes sense. Uh, they were in the whack when I grew up, and then I think basketball. They're definitely in the Big Sky. I think. Yeah, but, I think. Yeah, yeah. Football was the Sun Belt when I was around, but. Yeah, and then they just changed over. Yeah. To uh, Big Sky Conference, right? Because they're. Yeah, they went down. The first team to ever do it. Yeah, I think <laughs> I, I think it's actually at the home game when they beat the Grizz last year. Oh yeah. <laughs> kind of sad, but uh, it worked out alright though because there was a. Uh, a couple family members of Vandal players but next to us, and they're, like, super nice. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, well, yeah. can't get mad because like, these people are so nice, you know, and, and they're just, like, local Idaho folks, too, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I appreciate that, you know, like, you know, just small-town folks, you know, being a small-town guy myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then what happened after after college? Where'd you go? Um, after college, I kind of ski-bummed it, uh, funnily enough, in my hometown, which is in the middle of a lot of things, but, um, yeah, I ski bummed it. And then I had a buddy who was going to, who had just finished up college in Portland. He was playing basketball at Concordia. Yeah. Oh, just like the thing a little close to your face. Yeah, yeah, I, forgot, yeah. I forgot to give you the, totally. We'll Ooh. talk about it. Yeah. It's gonna yeah, be yeah. like a couple inches from it. And so you're ski bumming it. And then you said you got a buddy at Concordia. Yeah. Concordia. He's, he played basketball in Concordia at Portland and, uh, he had finished school and he had a place in his house so i was like hey let's try portland yeah there you so, go. yeah i went there for almost six months and yeah came back home oh nice man mm-hmm. six months and then back home oh this mm. thing is giving me some weird feedback and yeah bugging the crap out of me um but yeah it came hmm? that, what, what happened to that after that point is that where you got in the forest service that's where i'm trying to like track yeah very close so that would have been 2019 and then I got a job working for my local county's treasurer's office. Oh, really? And uh, then I took a break. That was okay. I t- took a break from that. Did some traveling. Oh, nice. And they were uh, they were pleasant enough to bring me back. Oh, good deal. And then COVID hit, and I kind of, for the third time, put my name out there in the fire USA Jobs world. Oh, because you already tried to get in the fire world before this. Yeah, yeah, actually, I kind of forgot to get into that, but... Uh, yeah, no worries, we're there now. Yeah. Um, I had some buddies in college who had done fire, Yeah. and they had always recommended it to me, because we were we would play basketball together, and, um, you know, we, we talk and bullshit and whatnot, and I'm like, oh, what is, what is this thing you're talking about, like, wild and fire? Yeah. And... Uh, I got a buddy who's from St. Mary's, Idaho, up in the Panhandle, but he, I think he's kind of the one who sold me on it. 
And coming from a background of uh, uh, team sports and organized sports. Yeah, because didn't you, didn't you go to college for... No, I didn't go to college for anything, but... Oh, um, gotcha. I tried to play football in college. Oh, football, yeah. Yeah, for the Vandals. But, oh, um, nice. But anyways... Uh, so back to the team thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he kind of sold me. I was kind of used to the, the, the functionality and the... Uh, organization of being on a team and that um that culture and yeah. i kind of missed it and he he made it sound like that was what they what they had going on so it kind of planted that seed in the back of my head and um yeah I, uh, I think right after college after i moved to portland um yeah no it's weird like that yeah this is even like a new little splitter thing. Um, so I don't know why it's messing up. It's super frustrating though. Work this out. I might pause this thing for a minute actually because I don't know if I'm going to be able to get this thing right. But Perfect. Well, well, for now. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know exactly when it was. It must have been 2018. 2018. was when I was first like thinking about do, doing fire in the summer. And you're done with college at this point, or are you still in college? Um, 20, I was just out of college. Oh, nice. Yep. Um, I think this was just after, no, this was before I went to Portland. And so I looked into it, but then I found out that they did hiring in, like, November or December or something. Dude, it's, that's, uh, like, the USA Jobs is not too bad compared to what, like, it was before, but that's, like, the worst part, is that it's not, like, the time frame people are used to applying for a job, mm -hmm. you know, especially, like, a high school kid, you know, isn't thinking like, mm -hmm. well, this fall of my senior year, I should probably throw in. So maybe I can have a job this summer, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, like back then I was like, Oh, we work in the summer. I'll just, I should be good. It was probably like February or something, but no, yeah. it turns out the, uh, USA jobs did their thing. And at that time, I think it was November or December or something pretty early on. Oh, when it closed, the job closed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think you're right. So that ship had sailed. And then the next year, I was in a relationship, which was going pretty well. So I was like, yeah, you know what? I'll, I'll ride this out and I'll forego it for, for now. Yeah, totally. And the next year was COVID. And I was at home working for the county. And yeah. it, was, it wasn't dead end, but it just wasn't. I got, I think I got out. I got from, I got what I wanted out of it. like Yeah, or what I could get from it. I felt yeah. like there wasn't much more growth to. Yeah, kind of one of those positions right, where they kind of max out on whatever you're trying to gain out of it like whether it be like knowledge or experience yeah so it's kind of kind of at a stale spot and i was like all right this is the year and um i applied all over the northwest and uh oregon washington idaho and uh i had a, it was weird i had a couple interviews and i felt pretty overly uh qualified, qualified for an like a gs3 entry level now especially knowing what i know about gs3s now I was about to say, especially not well and we're just not getting the the folks applying to the forest service at any level anymore it seems like you know like, or yeah. any field really is what i meant to say yeah so i was like i was getting interviews which i didn't really expect but i was like all right let's see we'll see what how this goes and wasn't getting calls back and then it was COVID, so they did extra rounds of hiring. And as the summer dra drug on, uh, my level of desperation increased. So yeah. I was like, I was applying in California and San Diego. I was making calls in San Diego. But uh, one day, 
Scott Zuko calls me up and offers me a job. And yeah. I'm like, hell yeah, let's do it. Probably about the same time he called me, too. Yeah. Man, this is really bummed me out. But, uh... So, yeah. that was... And that was a late hire, right? Because me and you got hired. Yeah. Yeah, because we... I, mean, I think we started, like, a week apart or something <clears throat> that year. Yeah, I, I know I came on in August. Oh, it was August? Yeah. Yeah, because I think I was in... Maybe it was a little bit earlier than you, because I thought it was July that yeah, year, I think. you came... I think you came on just before me. Yeah. Oh, because, yeah, I think Devin Doll came on, like, a week after me or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it was. Yeah, because, like, when you showed up, because it was you and then, I think, Brian showed up after. Yep. It's like... So there's, like, this <laughs> slow roll, folks, like, all summer, it felt like, you know? Which is kind of cool, though. I like mm-hmm. that. But, yeah, it's just... Man, it's such a tough system, and I understand why they got to do the hiring in the fall, because of um, just, like, how long it takes to get through, like, Albuquerque. You know, like, mm-hmm. I'm like getting into a different position now and you know just got the the email from the hr person and i always feel for him man people always get so fresh with hr but yeah. like they're swamped you yeah. know like and so it, it takes it takes a while you know like i'm already in the system it's still like i think i'm a little over a month out before i can get in the new position you know because just the amount of stuff like whatever mm-hmm. you know portals it has to go through and, and hoops it has to go through to get mm-hmm. to where i can actually be official you know mm-hmm so but it's hard to you know like especially me like looking back as a high school kid you know aview i think was a little quicker maybe i don't really remember i think i could still like drop off like a paper interview i mean that's how old i am our paper resume i don't remember exactly how it happened my first year but yeah it didn't didn't seem like you had to set yourself up you know during your senior year like you do now and i don't know how you fix that really you know mm-hmm. like just i guess a quicker system maybe and Help out everybody at every all the levels, you know. Yeah, wow, no. Um, my knowledge of HR is very minimal. Yeah, totally, man. I'm I'm with you. Um, so then you you came on in August, and that was your first year ever in the mm-hmm. Forest Service and right in the fire. Mm-hmm. First season, good old solid three months. Yeah, that was, that was a short one, huh? <laughs> yeah. I mean, but kind of long. But no, though. it felt and, it felt long. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. yeah, I was just I was just thinking about the other night. I think. I was like two and a half, three months. And that's like a normal student summer. You know, mm-hmm. you get out in June, usually you're off by the end of August. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's weird. I mean, because you're cramming so many hours in such a short period of time that mm-hmm. it feels like a long time. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Especially for when you've never done it before. Yeah, I think in three months, I got over 400 hours of overtime. And I was like, wow, I wish I could do this every year. Yeah, oh, I'm with you, man. <laughs> yeah. Go home, you know, go home fire rich or yeah. wherever, you, you know, wherever you're going to base camp for the, for the winter. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, always nice, man. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you were, so you came back again the next year. Yeah, came back. Um, at the time, I mean, I really, I think I really caught the fire bug or whatever you want to call it. Like, I fell in love with the job. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I guess I should ask you that. Did you get that team mentality you were kind of looking for when you first got in? Um, yeah, um, definitely. And even kind of. I think more more than what I bargained for thought was going to happen. Because, um, I mean, you see the hours that we spend together. Yeah. And that totally dwarfs what happens on a on most on sports teams that I've been on. In True. My, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because, like, you, you think about, too, in college where, you're, you know, it's more of a job than any other time. Except for me, what if you go pro? I, I didn't go pro. But I was in college, you know, on the track team. And that's technically that's actually a two-sport uh, sport, I guess, kind of didn't come out right but indoor is its own sport and then outdoor is its own sport mm-hmm. so i ran indoor and outdoor track which mm-hmm. is weird because it's like one sport but mm-hmm. it's considered two but so that's even longer right than most sports because it starts you start training in the fall and then you compete in the fall and through the winter and then outdoor starts mm-hmm. but 
like you said, man, it's not the same time because you practice for a few hours. Maybe you have a meet that weekend on a Saturday. Typically, I think is one hour's worse. So that takes up all of Saturday, but you never have any like amount of hours. Like you said, four hundred hours of overtime. You yeah. know, with eighty hour, you know, pay periods, like yeah. two weeks. You yeah. know, you got twelve and a half hour days of severity, six days a week, or maybe not. Is it severity or just? Do you call severity when you're at home? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, pretty much. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I'm trying to think. My yeah. brain is, I'm like brained up in fire <laughs> stuff because yeah. you know, I'm on my way out. Yeah. No. Six, 12 and a half hour days a week. And then you go on a fire roll or two and spend all that time with, you know, a half a dozen group or half a dozen your crew. Yeah. Cause, and yeah, especially like the mod, how the mods usually get split up. So you're just, you yeah, know, yeah. with the same mod, you know, mm-hmm. same days off and all that. So yeah, I mean, you really get to know them, and yeah, it uh, it started to feel like family. Yeah, and cool. yeah, so at that time, like I said, I'd caught the fire bug, and I think I wanted to like I wanted to repel, but oh yeah, we were talking about that. Yeah, I was talking to salmon, the salmon repellers, and I think I, I th- over the winter, the off season, I think I kind of looked at things from a little more a reasonable point of view yeah and i think i wanted to get a stronger base of knowledge and experience before i just jumped into repelling and i was like they gotta we gotta get good thing going at stevensville and i really missed those first two years but uh so i went back and that year was even better than the first one yeah i was busy man i mean yeah it's been it's been so busy on this forest like I know even like last year, you know, everyone was locked down, you know, or local firefighters last year. But even, I mean, like, I want to say like one of the fo- seasonal folks, I mean, I, I think everybody was about like this out of Darby Sula, but you like 600 hours overtime. Mm-hmm. Like, Man, that's nuts, dude. I got yeah. 130 my first year or something, you know, mm-hmm. and then my <laughs> second year, maybe I got 200. Like, mm-hmm. I don't even know if I did my second year. It was really slow when I started out and that was even leaving. Like I went on, on you know, one assignment that year. Switch yeah. out a wire here if this keeps doing it. Oh, no, I'm, I think I'm used to it. I think I'm good. Oh, good. <laughs> as long as you can block it out. It, it really bothers me because, you know, like this splitter is new, and I think it's just the splitter doesn't agree with the mm-hmm. recorder maybe. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, yeah. And... Yeah, so two years in Steve-I, and then yeah, the second year was, was really good. I mean, I wasn't really around much. That's when I did my little stint and dispatch, mm-hmm. but, not, you know, for the first part. Because you... Weren't you in Sedona area, like Camp Verde, for, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what was it, 115 for like a couple days? Oh, yeah. That <laughs> no was, with no air conditioning in the, whatever, Type 6, type whatever six, we're rolling around Yeah, in. the yeah. old Ford. Yeah, that was, uh, that was awesome. <laughs> fun, times in, fun times in the desert. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, because I, I think the heat wave had just stopped about the time that... Uh, me and Connor and, and uh, Laura and uh, Pat, yeah, Benson showed Benson, up. Benson, yeah, because uh, yeah, there we go. Hopefully that fixes it. Go with the old one. I mean, this one was acting up before too, but yeah. So I mean, I think we caught like the last couple days. I mean, it's still hot, you know. It's the desert. Yeah, but yeah. You guys were in some gnarly heat. Yeah, and yeah. no air conditioning. And the thing wasn't it only go like fifty miles an hour or something. Yeah, it was in uh, limp mode. It was getting caught in limp mode. So yeah. I, at times you're on the highway. I don't even want to say this, but it's probably a 70 mile an hour highway and we're chugging up there like 35. Yeah. And it's like, geez. We had to go to that. Did you ever make it to that one lookout? Um, uh, Saint, I think it was like St. Mary's. 
It's what, not. What? It's not the one with the. No. What's that guy's name? Oh, Mingus. Maybe Johnny a, Mingus. Yeah, Johnny Mingus. <laughs> so, the, the Mingus Lookout. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, we we went to that one. That one was cool. Um, but there's the other one. Did you guys go to the other one? I don't think so. I don't. Man, I don't remember the name of that one either. Oh, just as just as that. Yeah. I remember him pointing him out, but I think we just went to his. Oh gosh, I, yeah. I bet you guys probably wouldn't want to go to the other one because it was pretty far away and it was a bit of a pole mm-hmm. up this hill, and so that was made it just gnarly, dude. Mm-hmm. Mm, hope that stays. But yeah, because if we were doing the same thing, like thirty miles an hour, but luckily we had the air conditioning fixed at that point. Yeah. So <laughs> you guys, are, you guys are smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys, man, you guys really toughed it out. Holy cow! Yeah, that was. There was a lot of fun, but there was a ton of type two fun. Yeah. Oh man, it's like too much. Type two fun, yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys, well, because you guys were kind of station locked because of it a little bit too, right? Yeah, because of the heat. Or yeah, because the heat and um, like because of the slow engine. Uh, yeah, actually, we were. Yeah, we just he, were chilling at the station quite a bit. So Julian was kind of telling me just to kind of combat everything because you stay in the air conditioning and yeah. Plus, it's not a bad move because you know everything hits the FMO and then he, you know, could hear about it early. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Usually, get, I mean, they're running run cards a little bit too, weren't they? I don't. It's all. All these assignments like blending together. <laughs> yeah. So I think that was kind of going on. But either way, I mean, you got to jump on it, I guess. And then you could probably get some better direction because FMO was Brian, wasn't it? Uh, I forget. I remember him. He was a character. He was awesome. I don't know his name. I, yeah, man. I really, I really liked him a lot. He was super cool. I mean, yeah. he was in like his last year, Rockhound. You know, every time we go out and do some patrolling, we come back with some cool, well, we, you know, what I thought was a cool rock. And then he'd usually be like, uh, you know, Le- Neil Leverite was the, the term, you know, like mm-hmm. just not worth bringing up bringing back with you so I, I did find one cool like inside of it like a geode or something and i brought it back and that was kind of cool but it's about all i really found in that country hmm. yeah good times in arizona yeah that was that was that was a really cool assignment and that might be maybe one of my last so that was kind of oh kinda no cool. way yeah i'm kind of getting out of fire so yeah what is, what does your future I hold gotta pause this thing because it's bugging bugging me I'm gonna fix this whole Yeah, totally, pause. totally. Alrighty, back on. That should hopefully <laughs> fix our problems. So we left off at I don't know, maybe something in Arizona. Your last fire roll, and then I asked you. Oh yeah, that was it. Last yeah, fire roll. I asked you what you might have going on in your future. Uh, I don't know, man. I'm looking, looking at just getting out of fire because I'm like with my Crohn's. Like the, oh, I had yeah. a really rough this season this last year. I was in the hospital quite a few times because uh-huh. of my Crohn's. So Damn. yeah, looking at maybe like a partnership coordinator position. So. Okay. I don't really know what that is, so that's why I'm not saying too much about it. <laughs> okay, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, from from what I understand of it right now, we you know before I get some training going, is that I'll be working with a lot of the private partners of the bidder, like uh, Backcountry Horsemen, um, Pheasants Forever. I think I have a contingency down here, like our like a unit down here. Um, the Wild Turkey Federation, mm-hmm. Ducks Unlimited, and then there's a there's like Backcountry Cyclists and a few of those things that are wanting to help preserve some of these trails and there's grants and funding that they can get that as feds we can't get. So trying to get that going to hmm. red line in here and I didn't even realize it. What? Yeah. So, yeah, so that's what I'm looking at doing, man. You know, I'm trying to take care of my body a little bit more, you know, my, in my yeah. old age, so. Yeah, in your old age, yeah. Get, get some I, longevity. Yeah, forget that I'm older than you. I am, yeah, but I'm right there. I'm in the same boat. <laughs> yeah. Trying to take care of my body. Um. Yeah, so you went to... Two years in Steve and then he went to hot shouting? Yeah. Well, you can ask me something before I yeah, yeah, real quick on yeah. while we're on our bodies. Um yeah. I heard you might have taken a trip to Mexico. I did. I can to, we talk about that? Oh, no, we can absolutely yeah, talk yeah. about that, yeah. How'd that go? 
Oh, it was good, man. Yeah, I went to Tijuana for some stem cells. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bioadvance uh, Bio Medical was the place I went. Okay. And uh, a couple of rodeo buddies, um, actually Buck Lunick, who was on the podcast, one of his, a couple of his good buddies that are rough stock dudes, like um, Bareback and, and Saddle Bronc, I think mostly, um, go down there to get fixed up. And I, I want to say a few of them were done rodeoing, like out of the circuit, because um, they couldn't ride anywhere. They're so beat up. And then after like one trip down to Tijuana to get all fixed up with stem cells, they were back in the circuit and competing. And really? Yeah. Now I think they go down like after every season to get, you know, worked up again. And cause yeah, man, it's just so hard and everything, your shoulders, your back, oh, your yeah, knees, your back. you know, yeah. Just every, everything. Everything. Yeah, everything. so hard. Even if you cover it, that's people don't, I don't think people don't understand if we don't really know the sport too well is that like you cover a, you know, bareback horse or a saddle bronc, like, especially bareback jeez man you're just getting whipped you know <laughs> like you, you've probably seen it you know the barebackers dude they're just getting hammered by the back end of that horse you know yeah like, oh it's brutal man it's gonna be so hard on your head and neck okay yeah poor but, poor vertebrates yeah yeah so yeah did it did you have any luck how'd that go yeah like a lot better like i'm still feeling like uh i, I still can you know i still have crones i guess what i'm trying to say but mm-hmm. uh way better man i was really struggling there for a while like if i had anything like was like citrus like just kind of fruit anything like gatorade even uh-huh. and it would start it give me like this weird flare up and just feel like garbage and man my diet was getting really restricted and i was losing a ton of weight and yeah so it was kind of man i was just getting like desperate times you know desperate measures and yeah. i was on my fourth medication i think i've been on so and i mean trying every diet that have been recommended you uh-huh. know like paleo whole 30 um even this uh i feel like elimination diets and even kind of a kind of a bit of a carnivore diet even because i always heard Mm -hmm. carnivore is like Mm -hmm. one of the best elimination diets you could do yeah you ever play around with that no no i tried the whole 30 back like i don't know five years ago yeah but no yeah the whole 30 is kind of tough yeah it's a little it's a bit much for me yeah me too and especially like the output like i tried in the winter because i knew i'd like need what you can't have like carbs and stuff i think yeah right? i don't think like, maybe there might be no grains yeah i think yeah i think yeah. you're right no grains and like carbs kind of keep me going <laughs> you know so yeah, no dairy but uh, yeah no dairy either yeah and that's that's a big one you know like for me too like drink a lot of milk and yogurts and stuff you know yeah what what is a flare-up in your crohn's like is it it's so is uh, it a lot of things or yeah i was just gonna yeah. say man it's so different like almost every time like mm-hmm. um this spring when I had uh, the real bad flare-up, um, it was it was weird, man. It was almost like out of the blue. Like, I was feeling a little uncomfortable, but it was like, that's my normal, you know? Yeah. Like, bloaty, crampy, and, and tired, you know? And so, which is really tough having a kiddo, you know? Because I yeah. want to give my kiddo all everything, you know what I'm saying? Like, all my ext- attention and time. So, like, dragging because of a disease is real frustrating. But, uh, yeah, so my little kiddo was... Well, I guess it was a little earlier in the spring, but last spring, pretty early on, like my kiddo wasn't even that old, a couple months old maybe, and we're in the good food store, and well, I guess to back it up, I had a bloody stool earlier in the day, and my brother's a nurse, and I was like, like, hey man, I had a, and I've had him before, and he's like, well, if it if it's got your attention, you probably should go in, you know, to the mm-hmm. hospital. So I called my doc and my GI doc, and they're like. No, you know, we can't do anything for you, so you go to the ER. So I went to the ER, and I sat there for most of the day, and uh, they took a stool sample, gave me some fluids. I don't know if they even really gave me fluids, but didn't get a whole lot of attention, which was kind of frustrating, because then I left, and, like, 20 minutes later, I was back, because oh. we stopped at the good food store, and I was like, 
all right, you know, I'm going to get some chicken and low-fat, like, bland food is what, yeah. what we were shopping for. So it was mostly just, like, chicken. And uh, I can't remember what else. Like, one of my go-tos, like, these really bland crackers. I don't have anything in them, really. <laughs> so just brutal. But uh, so now I had to go to the bathroom again, and, dude, it, you know, just... I- Went and took a shit, and it was all blood, man. And it was, like, brutal. And I started feeling lightheaded. And I was like, oh, I know what this means. You know, like, I had enough medical exp- training. You know, I was an yeah. for a while. And I was like, I know what's going on here. You know, I'm losing, losing blood. You know, I'm getting lightheaded. And so, like, get cleaned up real quick and, and bail out of the bathroom because it's, like, getting closer to the end of the day. And there's no one in the good food store, which is weird because it's usually pretty packed. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I also know if I, like go you know tits up in the bathroom in the good food store i might be there for a while you know <laughs> yeah. like I'm, my wife's eventually gonna come check on me but like it you know i'm, I'm not being in there by myself on the floor you know yeah. so got got cleaned up you know and like i mean it wasn't like totally dire straits but i could feel the lights closing in so you know got cleaned up and washed my hands and headed for people you know and like wow but by the time i started like getting away from the sink like and pulled on the door that was like the last little bit of like blood i had in my system that was like draining from my brain because like i pulled the door open and it was like whoof, like almost like a strobe of like dark and light and like fuzzy and i could see like one of the baristas from like across the way and if anyone's familiar with the good food store kind of what, what i'm talking about but so i could see this barista and i'm like i gotta make it to them because otherwise you know i'm gonna be you know i need them to call help you know i know at this point i need an ambulance so i get within uh 15 meters maybe you know like 20 30 feet and like going down so i put my hand up like i need help and then i hit the ground and like i had enough strength to like cover my head so i just slam and i rolled over my back and like had my eyes closed and then you know once i got even with the ground the blood started like dispersing what little was left so that i could like function again and so then i you know like I I kept my eyes closed for a little bit too because I was like trying not to strain, trying to just like keep my every all the vitals going that I need to like communicate. And the manager came over and then I see like out of the corner of my eye I see my little baby in in the carrying case and my wife comes in and she's like, oh, you know, it's like what happened? Like ah, you know, more blood out of the stool, you know, another bloody stool and and then uh, and then at this point I'm like starting to feel all right and i'm like oh no i'm gonna have to take shit again no and like, and i'm like and they already called, called the ambulance so i'm like all right whatever you know like i don't want to like be just this <laughs> mess of blood and shit on the floor so like i bail into the bathroom and uh and like just have enough strength to like another huge bloody stool you know wipe myself wash and then like i hit the ground i don't even think i i uh, was able to even like get my pants buckled at that point i think i was just like down you know belt undone just like on my back and i was oh like that's the gosh. last i had you know so and then right about then that's when the the fire department comes in and um but i couldn't even see at that point so i couldn't tell if like i knew anybody because i'm like oh man i wonder if i know some of these folks <laughs> you know yeah yeah but uh oh. Which, you know, I actually prefer, you know, if I knew, knew him and then uh, getting the ambulance and a super slow ambulance ride to the hospital. And my wife was not very happy at that point either because no light sirens or nothing, yeah. <laughs> which is kind of odd as well. Uh-huh. And uh, then I get to the hospital and, and that's when I mean, they were talking about doing a blood transfusion because I'd lost so much at that point. But I was like borderline. And, and I didn't know this, but I guess like a blood transfusion, you can there can be some bad stuff passed from donor blood to you. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's pretty safe, but the guy was saying there's some some bad stuff sometimes goes on like you can get um like an infection or 
something you could react weird with another person's blood, you know, like just yeah. whatever the makeup is of someone else's blood, I guess. I, I should know these answers because mm. it's kind of my major, but uh, oh. something with the blood, some things. Wow. Some kind of cellular, cellular reaction, I imagine. But yeah, so um, so I just spent a week in the hospital at that point, um, like uh, kind of like a, not even an emergency, but like a rushed colonoscopy the next day to go in and see what's going on. Mm-hmm. And um, back in 2008, when I was running track in MCB in Billings, I uh, kind of something similar, but I drove myself to the hospital that time, I think. But uh, that's when I had my first surgery. So they're, they'd, you know, cut some of my bowel out and, and sew it back together. So, like, right where they cut a chunk out between my small intestine and large intestine, I had built some monster ulcers there. And so they were thinking that I got into a vesicle and was just pumping blood out of, out of me through the colon, you know. And, yeah, I was like, I mean, it was already, like, you know, kind of had a toe out of fire at that point, you know. I was like, yeah. man, this is... Beat me up and that you know having a fresh kid you, you're like man i want to be around for all these things you know i don't want to be gone for you know all the firsts so i was like already like trying to get into something else you know i'd, I'd done a little stint to the job corps as a natural resource instructor mm-hmm. and which is good but even that was like a little more demanding than i'd, I'd like you know like you, get, you gotta give those kids a lot of energy at the job corps those young adults yeah, i guess yeah. and i was like man my energy that's one thing i don't have a lot of right now you know so I didn't do that and so yeah now I'm, now I'm in the route of uh, the partnership coordinator oh and then I guess uh, I had another stint in the hospital all around Thanksgiving too like and I was on a new medication it just kind of quit working so mm-hmm. yeah that was a bad deal what is the MCB oh MSUB oh MSUB yeah oh, yeah I kind of spit it out oops, fast oops. yeah uh, yeah Montana State University gotcha. Billings 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 no I'm glad you said it because I've been bad with acronyms on here and uh, you know when we're you know one small friend will be like what does that mean <laughs> oh my bad you know um what do you know about your crones like what do you know uh man i mean only what the research really has but the one thing this one doctor actually um he was uh he was on rogan and he talked about this so i mean it's i don't know how accurate it is but it seemed from what he was saying, that they, the new science has, like, narrowed down the site of Crohn's, like, the inflammation and, and where the origin kind of seems to be in the gut. Um, he said it's, like, near where they're also thinking that where autism kind of branches mm. from. What? So they're thinking that, yeah, they think, like, autism might be some inflammation, almost like an autoimmune thing, just like Crohn's. Because hmm. they're supposed to be, like, in, in the same area of the gut. So that had me kind of, like, well, that's kind of weird, you know. And then had another naturopath tell me that what they believe is part of it is that i have like a set genetic switch that was switched off for most of my life and then just like through lack of sleep stress crappy diet whatever it might be like finally enough of that pressure like flip the switch you know and then cause the crones to go bananas and then oh. if you can, that's why they like say like a diet you can usually manage it diet and rest yeah and those are two things that like you don't get in the in the fire <laughs> world you know because you know i went to structure fire for a minute and then thinking that I'd be like, oh, man, because at the time, it, was, it felt like it was just diet-related. I was like, man, if I can get a super clean diet going, like a Whole30 mm-hmm. for the rest of my life, whatever it might mm-hmm. be, you know, I don't mind doing it if it makes me feel good. You know, even if it tastes, like, bland, I don't mind it. But uh found out it was actually sleep is one of the worst things, <laughs> you know? Like, and then I talked to my primary doc in Whitehall, and he's like, his name's Dr. Reif, just awesome guy, man. I mean, it's like... It's like having a second dad, you know, like being a small town doc mm-hmm. and great guy, man. And stays up on his research and stuff. And like, but he gives you like the harsh dad, like talk. Like when I walked in, there, he's like, what, what are you doing? Like, 
what were you thinking, man? I was mm-hmm. like, I don't know. He's like, shift work's hard on healthy people. Are you going to go do shift work? And I was like, when you put it like that, I mean, I really, I guess I wasn't thinking, you know, but yeah. just, it was just awesome, you know, because he's like, he really means it. He cares, you know, mm-hmm. and that's like, you know, I don't think you find that in too many places. You yeah. Know? And, yeah. Yeah. Still, still one of my favorite people, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome guy. Old Dr. Rave. Dang. Yeah. It's too bad. Yeah. Hmm. So, yeah, that's, I mean, that was kind of, but it's, it's good though, because, in, you know, I, I think I kind of ran my course with fire. I've done all I wanted to do really. And then, um, get to try something new. It's kind of like what you said with the courthouse position, you know, like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of career ADD in that sense too. Mm-hmm. Like once, once I feel like I've got all I've wanted to get out of it, you know, and, and feel like I'm not getting as much challenge out of it. And, you know, I'm like, ah, it's time for something, something new, especially like something that's going to challenge my brain, you know, a little bit more. Yeah. Which. I'm looking forward to. Yeah, nah, that brain of yours. Yeah, I know it's hitting the head too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But you only get one of them, so you got to take care of it. That is know? true. Yeah, you get one of a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, old brain, heart. You know, some important things. You really want to take care of lungs. I mean, yeah. you get a set of those, but I mean, take a beating when you're on fire. Yeah. All three of those suckers, especially the new, more of the research that comes out about smoke and smoke inhalation mm-hmm. um do you know much about stem cells um yeah a little bit i mean i did i've done quite a bit of research on my own just because uh, a long time ago um actually when i first went to college i did a paper on them for some reason mm-hmm. i don't remember why because at that point i didn't know i had crohn's but i, I actually i think i did do like a an informative speech on it so like i was doing some research on stem cells back then there wasn't a lot out there and and the internet still was bad. Yeah. That's how old I am. The internet still was not <laughs> great. So, like, you know, you had to really track down your articles and see if, you know, make sure it was, like, uh, peer-reviewed and, mm-hmm. you know, coming from, a like, a university or some solid source at that point, you know. Yeah. We got any questions about stem cells? Oh, no. Um, just curious. I kind of, yeah, I kind of, I had a friend who was kind of, knows a little bit about them, and I was just talking to her, and... Yeah, she kind of learned me up just a little bit, but it sounds like you can kind of put them anywhere and they'll just go to work. Yeah, which, yeah it's pretty wild, man, because they're like inflammation seeking. So like like you said, like oh. that's why a lot of times like IV steroids uh, or steroids, um, IV stem cells, it'll just go to the, the problem area. So a lot of times like if huh. you have any other inflammation, like some places once you get on like a pretty strict diet for like a month mm-hmm. to try to get all the other inflammation out of your body. So then like... If you have some joint issues or gut like mine, yeah, you know, so like, it doesn't do that. Yeah, so it'll go like right to where you need it instead of uh, like battling other inflammation that could be yeah, in your body, you know. Uh-huh. And then yeah, from all the research I've done, you know, they go and replace the the cell that's been messed up, you know, that's been acting up and causing problems. So that's why they're, the you know the theory is that it'll reboot your immune system because it's like whatever cells are driving your immune system that have been acting up, they'll go and repair all the damage and then fix the. Um, fix the uh the faulty cell and replace it with the the new stem cell and the stem cell like somehow can like match it and like but replace it like with the fix whatever you know patch it needs you know i don't know if that's like you know like computer terms like a patch you know Mm -hmm. yeah it sounds like magic it does man i was like and uh yeah it was kind of cool too because going before i went down there like i was already on the mindset of like believing in it and getting my mind into it and you know, me and my wife were talking about a bunch and then um like the doctor was down there and then one of my friends who was on the uh, august he was actually on my podcast on the bitter shots so it's like i was talking to him about it and just like kind of 
more in passing, like we weren't really talking about it. I was like, yeah, man, just so I'm just, you know, making sure I kind of get my mind right to like make sure I'm like really believing it. And he's like, that's, that's a big part of it, isn't it, mm-hmm. man? Like making sure you got your mind in it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's a good point. And he put it like in like more elegant terms, but I was like, oh, that's a good point. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> yeah, I was like, you know, because I was kind of more like half-assing, like getting my mind around stem cells. I was more like, yeah, you know, I just got to keep telling myself it's going to work. Mm-hmm. He's like, that's big part of it man i yeah. think that's with anything really mm-hmm. positive thinking yeah totally man yeah. Then, you, then you go down there it's crazy the amount of people that were like people who've been battling lyme's disease and then people who were battling ms were mm-hmm. in remission or pretty much clinically uh cured you know i mean no signs of i don't know how long like how you can do like a like actually say this is cured in those kind of cases because usually it's like remission especially with mine it'd be more you're in remission and long-term remission if it stays. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if they could really ever say you're cured, but with MS and Lyme's there's, I'm pretty sure they were telling these folks they were cured. And one of the, one of the folks, she had Lyme's disease and she just got back and we were just kind of talking in passing while I was in the waiting room and she hadn't been back in like eight years and no flare for nothing. She just like, ah, I thought I'd come back for like a tune up and, you know, get some more attention to like other issues like joints and stuff, you know, so I was, I thought it was kind of cool. So I was mm-hmm. like, man, believer right there, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I know they're rare because they come from like, because of the source of the stem cells. Yeah, yeah. Depending on where you where you get them from, you know, like bone marrow. I think you can get them on your blood now. Really? I want to say they're even like able to get it cultured from some from your skin now. No way. Yeah, and I'm trying to remember. I mean, they're really getting good at it. And then, um, the best is like. A lot of folks call it mesenchymal. It's spelled more like mesenchymal. And so I was always kind of confused on the pronunciation. But most of the you know, people have bigger brains than me call them mesenchymal stem cells. Mm-hmm. And those are the ones that typically come from the placenta or the umbilical cord. Mm-hmm. And um, I, th- I want to say, I think I'm telling this right, this clinic, what they do, which is sounds pretty cool, is they, I want to say they like recruit folks and they're like, you know, we're planning on having children and then get them on like a plan and stuff, I think. And I'm going to mess this up. So I probably really shouldn't be talking about it, but they, um, they pay for their pregnancy and, you know, return getting the umbilical cord and the placenta. But I think they also give the folks, you know, like the, the mother and baby full access to the stem cells. So if they ever need them for the rest of her, you know, mother and baby's life, Mm -hmm. it's like, that's a heck of a deal. You know, you get your whole pregnancy, your whole birth paid for, you know, like, birthday and everything and then you get access to st- those stem cells too for you and your baby like, yeah pretty cool deal there you know mm-hmm. hmm. especially because like in the in the states as far as i know that stuff just gets thrown out really yeah huh. you know because i don't I, they give us the option to save the my kiddo stuff in like a freezer but it's man i mean it was like i want to say it was like a thousand a month or something oh really you just, have yeah. to oh just to like, store it just to store it in a freezer oh, wow. and then i don't even know what what the options are to do it here because the F- FDA regulations and stuff. So I don't really know what you could do with it after, you know, even if you yeah. got it frozen here, uh-huh. you know, like we're down there, they don't, they don't have that, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I can't remember, they did a bunch of testing and stuff on the, you know, on the mother and baby and all that stuff. So you don't get like some strange disease that crosses over from, you know, baby to you or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's like, ah, man, that's definitely comforting as well, you know? Yeah. Cause not knowing where the stem cells are coming from. Cause it would have been nice if, like my kiddo, you know, could have cultured, done the same thing and then, you know, have access for my kiddo and my wife and then 
you know, I'd, I'd, even if I had to pay, I wouldn't mind getting my own, you know, family, yeah. you know, stem yeah. cells, you know. Yeah, maybe they work better. Yeah, that's what I was kind of thinking, right? If it, was, if it was, you know, coming from pretty much my own flesh and blood, you know, being my daughter, you know, being my kiddo. Mm-hmm. Dang. Yeah. Whew, all right. Well, hmm. Yeah. So that, I mean, something to think about, too, like down the road, I was, you know, I was talking to my one friend, Pat Valentine, who was on this um, podcast a little while ago, and he is a smoke jumper out on CSB there at North Cascades. Uh, smoke trooper base. Let's say the whole thing. And then uh, I was telling him, man, I'm like, it, it's expensive, but like after a fire season, it wouldn't be so bad. And probably be a good idea to like book yourself a trip to something. I mean, you don't have to go to buy advanced medical, but like mm-hmm. some kind of clinic like that just to get a, a good cleanup. Because they do chelation and similar antioxidant, uh, IV, and then a bunch of detox stuff. Like I did this like detox sauna and this like detox foot bath and stuff. And um, I wish I could kind of remember more of it. It's, you know, it's just like taking a bunch of information out of a fire hose, you know, mm, and basically I yeah. just like, you know, put my faith in their hands and, you know, going through the motions. So, um, you know, I didn't really want to like think about it too much while I was down there, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, you know, something like that, especially, you know, if the smoke inhalation is as bad as what they're saying, it might be, you know, for wildland fire, well, any fire folks, yeah. you know, like, so it might be worth doing you know just to help get those metals and stuff because the chelation is supposed to help remove heavy metals and toxins out of your blood and um and plaque too i think so like if you have plaque build up in your arteries for old guys like me chelation yeah chelation yeah chelation. i think it's like yellow but i i guess they, they do it for like dementia patients dementia patients uh-huh. here in the states so mm-hmm. it's something that's kind of been already like proven to help you know filter the system so mm-hmm. I was like, that's pretty cool yeah, but oh, enough about me, man. What a uh, you you went to the shots after your second year and I did, it? yeah. Um, the repel. What happened to repelling after your second year? Um, well, after my second year, I I'm a dreamer, and I wanted I wanted to smoke jump. Oh and yeah, I kind of. I considered, well, what might get me there the fastest, or what? Maybe not the fastest, but what will set me up for success. Yeah. And after talking to some folks, um, mostly whoever recruits up at, in Missoula, they're like, yeah, we probably typically take someone who has a couple years of hotshot experience, at least a couple years. Yeah. So I was like, all right, after telling myself that I would never be a hotshot, uh, I don't even know why. Like, looking back, it's kind of ridiculous how I just set that on myself. But I thought it would be so miserable. But, yeah. it, but it's a challenge also, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, uh I figured at the very least, I'm going to learn a lot, get a lot of fire experience. A ton, dude, yeah. And Just cramming it all in, dude. Yeah, so I put in around, and I heard good things about Cedar City, and got an offer from them, so I took it. Oh, awesome, man. Yeah, yeah. And then you spent how long with them? Um, Just this last summer, and then I'm going back. Oh, really? Oh, so you only had one season. Uh-huh. Jeez. Oh, I guess yeah. that, that, that math does check out. Yeah, okay. yeah, it hasn't been that long. <laughs> oh, man. That's wild. Yeah. So, yeah, so you were a rookie this last year in Cedar City. Mm-hmm. Nice, dude. And it was, so it was good? So you're it, was, going back? it was great. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome, yeah. man. Yeah. And they, they do little criticals, like most hot checkers, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think everyone has their own version, right? Yeah. Two of, weeks. Um, quite a bit of physical training. A lot of crew hikes. I like that we do the hikes because it keeps it re- or like realistic. Yeah, it's more, that's what that's what we do. We hike a lot. I was gonna say more functional. Right? Yeah, functional. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of classes, educating, 
getting to know people. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Yeah. Learning crew operations. I think that's probably the biggest one because once you know how the crew operates or wants to operate, then it just, it streamlines everything. It makes everything smooth. Yeah, dude. And yeah, it's nice once it's, when everything's smooth. Especially, especially in the type one world, like shot world where everyone has their own job. So mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. it just like happens. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to tell anybody, you don't have to delegate anything because, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, crew boss for type two IA crew that was ran similar to shot crew, the Northern, you know, and then, mm-hmm. um, just like throw together crews, throw, the, throw, throw together crews are all right, man. I mean, they're usually got some good quality folks, but they're a little more junk show like where it's hard to get them organized as much, you know, mm-hmm. like once in a while I get lucky and some folks just kind of fall in, but with the already set up organization, like a shot crew or even like a, a well you know, um, well put together type two IA crew that's like together all summer, you know, mm. that really makes a difference. Mm-hmm. You know, like you're in charge of lunches, you're in charge of waters, yeah. your coolers, whatever. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And one, if everyone does their job, every, so smooth, everything works right? out well and everyone's happy. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, man. Yeah. No hiccups, no bumps. Yeah. Get to know yeah. people way, way more than you ever thought you would. huh? So, yeah. Talk about, like yeah what i thought an engine crew was like and getting to feeling like a family there you spend all your time with the same 10 to 20 people and yeah yeah, it's a whole nother world i bet man (laughs) was it like saturation overload or were you like you just kind of like get into it and get used to it and you're like this this is good uh, i think there is actually a good balance at least on our crew um at least for me for someone that really reserves and values my personal time. Yeah, you're kind of a quiet guy. I, I, yeah. I, <laughs> I feel like I can, I can somehow get it. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. There's something to it. I think cause you got enough like in, like even though like, even if you're digging, it's still like your own yeah. like mental space, uh-huh. you know, cause you just kind of go on autopilot once in a while. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you're still like operating, but and aware of like surroundings, but you kind of just get more time to kind of like relax in yeah. your brain <laughs> a little bit, yeah. you know, even like on hikes and stuff too. Mm hmm. Yeah. But yeah, it's good. Um, yeah, that bond, dude. I mean, like, that's uh, one of the bigger reasons why I wish I would have hot shot is because, I mean, you get this bond with these folks that, I mean, they, unless you're probably in the military, I can't see any other, like, life situation where you're stuck with somebody for three to four months, mm-hmm. you know, like, nonstop. Nonstop. And, and also relying on them. Like, yeah. it's not like it's just like you're stuck hanging out, you know, like, if you were, I don't know, floating around on a boat somewhere. It's like you're actually if you don't work, you know, the, the team starts to fail a little bit. And if they don't work, the team starts to fail. So everyone matters and mm-hmm. everyone has to work as a team mm-hmm. and you don't, yeah, you don't get that in too many places, man. No. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think if everyone, I don't know, just being on hotshot crew, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Never mind. Never, yeah. I don't know what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, no, it's all right, man. I was just thinking, like, you do look a little tougher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah. Well, I think that's part of the reason why the jumpers usually lean towards uh, hot shots because of the mental, you know, toughness that you get from being on the crew, you know, and yeah. being able to survive something, especially all summer, you know. Yeah. Like in some of the slower seasons where you're not getting to do all the exciting, you know, like movie firefighting stuff you know <laughs> yeah. and, and that really takes that which is weird because that takes more almost more mental toughness than just you know busting hump all day but you know put in hotline or you know doing these big burns you know mm-hmm. or burnouts yeah but we'll see i, mean, I i'm still looking forward to a hot shot season because last season it was how, how would you describe last season I, do you i think it was it sounds like it was pretty 
It was weird. Like in the like average or a little even below average as far as like uh, for what we've had for the, the last yeah for what we've had for like the last ten years yeah. I would say like last year was definitely like kind of mild like I mm. and that's for me looking around because when I was doing hiring this year or, I mean I didn't really get a chance to do too much but I was trying to I was trying to help out with hiring this year and talking to the folks in Darby Sula like the amount of overtime that folks got to stay in local was impressive and talking to other folks that i know on different forests and on different uh modules or whatever that different crews mm-hmm. like they weren't really getting much more than us you know even just being local so it's kind of surprising and you know I ran into one of my buddies in the shot crew and he was i was like man how's things going you know like and you know what's it like on the outside kind of you know <laughs> just messing yeah, around like, yeah. i was i was on a detail so i didn't you know i was, I was happy to be home every night you know because mm-hmm. i'd actually do the fuels detail this summer but I was uh, um, one of the shots had gotten injured, so he was getting all checked up, and then he got released, and I married him back up with the crew, and yeah, talking to the the uh, fellow acting soup at the time, and and the uh, I guess he was probably acting the assistant too, two of my buddies and good dudes, and they're like, it's just been a strange year, you know, like they're busy, but it's like mm-hmm. when they got on fires, they're like not what they had been, and yeah. pretty kind of dead, and you know, getting. Getting like idle hands and you know, like, man, it, we got a good crew, but I don't know, we might have some turnover that turnover this next year just because it's not really like what people look for in a shot crew typically. Yeah. And it wasn't wasn't their fault. It it's wasn't, not their fault. Yeah, yeah it wasn't anyone's fault. fault. It was just yeah. a weird year. That's how it goes? Yeah, yeah, you get those strange years, which is weird because, like you said, there seemed like there's a lot of fire out there, but it wasn't like wasn't as volatile or something. Yeah, it was I, different. Yeah, it was different. weird. We we they kept us busy, but the workload just. Wasn't there? Yeah, yeah. Man. Like Which I'll, I'm not going to complain, but yeah. I'm still I'm looking forward. I think I will say that I'm looking forward to a good ass kicking fire season. Yeah, I think that's how you kind of earn your stripes a little bit, you know. Yeah. I, I'm kind of torn on that one because, like, when I was younger, I'd be like, "Man, I wish we could just ease into something," and then it'd just be like, "You got just thrown into the flames." <laughs> but then all of a sudden, you're just like, you know, you just got to function. You just got to do it. You know, it's like yeah. sink or swim and you yeah. swim and then you get everything figured out and then the season goes, flies by and mm-hmm. you like get to do like cooler things than you ever really thought you'd might do. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the season's over and it's like, oh, all right, well, that worked out, you know, <laughs> but you know, if you're doing something new, like a shock crew or something or like smoke jumping, repelling, whatever, even just on an engine for the first time, you know, you're trying to get your feet wet and then all of a sudden you just get like dunked, <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. So, but I don't know, I think it could be good either way for me, the way my personality is, you know, like if it was a slow roll, I'd slowly start to absorb things and feel more confident. But yeah. then if it's thrown, you know, thrown, thrown into the fire, like literally and figuratively and, yeah. and just have figured it out, like I usually do pretty good at that too. So, mm-hmm. you know, malleable, I guess is what this job makes you <laughs> yeah. you know, real malleable. Yeah. Really? Yeah, maybe it thins us out. Yeah. Thins out the malleable. I think so, right? Like, and I think the folks who are super, um, uh, like, controlling, I'm trying to think, like, always got to have a hand on the wheel, kind of, mm-hmm. what's that, like, kind of personality, like, uh, I'm trying to think of that personality tree where it's like... I don't know what it's called, but controlling, yeah, in, in control. Yeah, can't, yeah, don't like not being in control or even knowing what's going on, you know, like, yeah. I think that really kind of separates some folks out, especially, you know, I was talking to one of my trainers about that and one of my friends who was working at the same time, he had a, a fellow in his class who was, um, like, numbers on the boards and just, like, from the first day's performance was, like, man, one of the top rookies, you know, maybe to ever, you know, get in rookie training. Mm-hmm. But he couldn't handle not knowing what was next, I guess. And oh. it just drove, drove him bananas. And he ended up just, like, I think he just, like, self-washed because he's, like, I just, damn, not knowing what's what to expect and stuff was just, like, driving him crazy. 
Which yeah. is wild because you get to that point in life and, you know, in the fire world and it's, that's kind of all fire is. <laughs> you know, yeah. you show up to a fire. And <laughs> yeah, you'd never know. Never know where Just, you're going to put and what's going to happen. And, no. and you're getting, especially like, you know, it's probably a shock crew. You're probably getting moved all the time, you know? Yeah. I feel like, I feel like on a type two crew, sometimes you're just like, well, there's the heel. <laughs> you just start mopping up yeah, and you're like, get after it. Yeah, here I am for, you know, yeah. 14 days. Yeah. Fire is such a, fire is such a d- dynamic thing. Um, yeah, it's always changing and yeah. just And the needs always change, right? Because even if like you get thrown the heel as a type two crew, all of a sudden like, hey, you guys got some beef fallers. Like we got some snags. Yeah, yeah. You know, something like. Come on go, over. Yeah, you go from like you know hot spot or like a uh, cold trail, and all of a sudden you're, you know, dropping some huge pickles, like mm-hmm. some monster ponderosa in the southwest or something, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is super cool, and then by then you might be seeding a seeding a dozer line. So <laughs> you never know <laughs> yeah, what to expect, honestly, man. Yeah. yeah, and even that was kind of nice. I was down in I think it was Honda, New Mexico, and by the end of the roll, I think we'd spent like the last two days just rehabbing dozer line with mostly just seeds and just hiking, you know. Mm-hmm. And it was yeah. like, ah, oh, man, give us something to do and. Yeah. Kind of nice wind down because we'd been busting hump that whole, yeah, that whole uh, at the end two of weeks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so it's a nice little wind down. People just joking and listening to music and you know, yeah. enjoying enjoying the time together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what? Why don't you? Uh, I mean, when we first got here, you kind of took in the mountain range, and I mean, it seems like you missed it. Why, why don't you come back this way? Um, I don't really know why. Um, I what? just figure I have a good thing going down there. So, Evan, I really like your free spirit, man. I just gotta go. <laughs> yeah, it's like I ah. like it here, but I like yeah. What's going on here? Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, and honestly, a part of me, I I kind of hate to admit it, but I was looking for like better better crews or what I thought would have been better crews or better fit. Although it's still a great fit for me. Yeah, um, yeah. And whatever, every crew is a little different. Got their different flavor. Different, yeah. A little different way of operating. Yeah, and so I found myself this last off season like december november calling up other crews seeing what their crews like and then it kind of hit me where i i think i'd rather just stay down there and i think there probably there's a small chance if any chance that there's a better place for me than cedar so i was like why am i looking for better and then i think it'd be more intrinsically intrinsically rewarding if i stay down there and try to improve things there yeah, and yeah. it's kind of like yeah, yeah. Bring that, bring good positive attitude and yeah. you know, good work ethic and kind of like I don't know, build build the culture that we have going on down there. Like why, yeah, why would I leave? Yeah, to, well, you can see it even here. You know, like in Steve, like it, it, the culture changes almost every year. You know, yeah, like from the first year when we were doing the COVID stuff to the second year, those were those were good years, but they're they're a little different. You know, mm-hmm. and that. A second year though, man, like it was, uh, I think we had a pretty special crew, just like a bunch of I agree. folks that were just getting after it and, yeah, and just kind of like-minded folks, you know, a bunch of, I don't want to call them individuals, but a lot of just people from different backgrounds. Yeah. It was a, it was a really nice, like melting pot, you know? Like, yeah. Uh, was, uh, I miss it. yeah. Yeah. That was so cool, man. Like, man. Yeah. The wild, um, was that the se- first year or second year when, oh, it was the first year. I was thinking of like, uh, that's. Man, I can't remember like, the Demondal song they kept playing. Uh, oh, R- Rasputin. Rasputin. Yeah, Rasputin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, just like that alone, man. Yeah. I remember, like, playing that for my brother. He's, like, shaking his head. I was like, ah, no, man. It's weird fire stuff, you know? And I was playing hockey, and then whoever was uh, doing, like, scorekeeping, I think was also, like, running their music, and mm. that Rasputin song came <laughs> yeah. on, like, that that winter. It was like, the song's just going to follow me for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, no, it's just, it's very kind of ragtaggy. And yeah. yeah, especially given the COVID year, like the late hires, like who, who's putting in for those hires? Just yeah. thinking about it. Uh, yeah, what do, just, yeah, just anyone who's looking for something to do, like Demondal, who t- wanted to take the summer off, and he's like, "Well, COVID's not helping him out, so he come on, came on down." And yeah, yeah, even me, man, like yeah, me and Demondal were kind of well, all of us were really like who were looking to maybe do something else. Like I was, yeah. I was ready to be done with fire, and yeah, you know, I was trying to get a position at PT clinic, and mm-hmm. yes, yeah, as a PT aide, yes, and then. uh those those were getting shut down. I think most of the PT clinics were about closed by the time I put in for the late COVID hire, you mm-hmm. know, and luckily came through. I was like, oh, thank God, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. need, need, need to make some money here, you know. And, yeah. and that was good, man, because, like, I think that summer, and I don't, you know, I probably, hopefully not looping too bad on these episodes, but um, <laughs> it was good for me, man, because, like, I was already doing, I think I was more than halfway through on my observation hours. I can't remember how many you have to get in, like 60, 80 or something. I can't remember. Whatever the number is. Like, it's quite a bit, right? And then typically, I think what you want to do is do, like, a if you can do a stint in, like, pediatrics, outpatient, and then a more, like, long-term health facility, I think. And there's a, probably another term for it. But basically, like, an old folks home or assisted living, typically, you kind of do. Mm-hmm. So I'd done two of the three there. And um, so I had enough time in to kind of see where I was, you know, like, what the future may hold. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was I was okay with it. I was like, that's, yeah, this isn't too bad. I was kind of hoping for more like sport sports med kind of lifestyle. Yeah. And which is super hard because that's pretty much all PTs are trying for, you know. And uh, so that kind of got, you know, shut down for me, at least put on pause for me. And then I up in the woods again. And I was like, you know, I kind of would rather be outside, you <laughs> know. Like, I, I really... I really admire like the the work that PTs, OTs, speech therapists, all the you know that that kind of field does. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, you're just stuck inside for a good portion of the day, yeah. and then uh, just I'm just yeah I'm not not an inside creature, you know. Like I I, I was I was trying to be because I was like man, it'd be kind of nice to have some air conditioning, <laughs> and, you know. Like just show up in a t-shirt and be able to wear that all day instead of you know going out in the woods and having, fully clothed. <laughs> yeah, fully clothed, and then uh, you know I got a rain jacket, I got a puffy, I got a um, I got a beanie, you know, I got all these things in my bag for just in case. And I got, you know, like two days worth of food, you know, rations in my, mm-hmm. in my pack just mm-hmm. in case, you know, like mm-hmm. not like meals, but I got, you know, a couple freeze dried so that I can last for, you know, a shift or two, mm-hmm. you know, if I had to. So it's like, it'd be kind of nice to have to do that kind of planning anymore and just show up to work and maybe take a lunch break and, <laughs> you know, yeah. go do something else, get some coffee. Yeah. So I was kind of looking forward to that more of a, um, I don't know, more of a structured lifestyle, I guess, a little bit, and but I kind of miss the the unstructured though, and especially being outside. So mm. kind of worked out for worked out in my favor. Silver lining, everything, I think, is what I'm trying to say. You know, hmm. yeah, yeah, even like you go on the shot shot crew, and then maybe you get to make something of that crew. Yeah, we'll see. I have no idea how long I'll be there, or what, but yeah, I just think that's just the way I wanted. I figured I want to do it. Yeah. Sounds like it'll be the most, it would be pretty gratifying or rewarding. I think so too, man. And I think if you're always chasing for the perfect crew or perfect job, I don't know if you ever really find it, you know? Like yeah. I think you get, at some point you just got to take ownership over it and make it happen, right? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but I, yeah. I think that's the case, you know? Like, yeah. Because it seems like everywhere I go, coming in with a positive attitude and stuff, you find other people with positive attitude and it's contagious and kind of helps build the, the yeah. crew you want, you know, like yeah. the vibe you want. I think that's what happened to us in our second season. We all came back, like, 
pretty happy to see one another again, <laughs> totally. you know. And, and the new people, too. Yeah, the new folks came in with good attitudes. Yeah, big crew. I, I think it kind of trickles down from up top. Oh, I think so, too. Yeah, yeah. having Seth, Scott, uh, Benji, Warren, and Jake Jones that year. Yeah, and Jake Jones. Everybody. Like, Julian, yeah, wearing. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was Julian. super cool because like Julian and uh, Jake Jones are um, just some awesome people. Like, I get to dig their personalities, yeah. you know. Yeah. So it was like kind of cool because they were like the middle management there, and then you know Suko and Seth, with, you know, having a ton of fire experience. Yeah. And yeah. We were just we're layered up that year. Felt like you know. Yeah, and I think now you look at that crew and me, Foley, Eli, Arthur, Katie. Yeah. Man, who there's gotta be more than took off. I don't know. But we're all they're all we're all in the hot shot world now. Yeah. Which is funny, which is so hilarious to me. I don't know why, but No, it's cool though. That's the sound of like a good district, man, if you're like able to because like usually district is like kind of the first like get your foot in the door and see if mm-hmm. you like it. And if you're into it and you got a good place that's building you up, usually that's a progression point, right? Going to type one somewhere. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Whether it be like hot shots or repelling. Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't know. I love yeah, man. Well, it's cool too, man. Like, um, you know, like just a small example is the going away party for Katie. You know, like mm-hmm. get people playing coob and mm-hmm. and you were making pizzas. And, <laughs> yeah, I tried. <laughs> yeah, no, it was super cool, man. Like, and you know, I I was only able to stop by for a quick sec, you know, but mm-hmm. it was still like awesome, man. And yeah, the, like amount of love that was in the air. Like, yeah, and that was she. I think she left like rather early in the season too. Yeah, yeah, and even like I came. So my first year in COVID, I came on in August, and I think. I might have worked like two or three days in that weekend. They were having a get together at the bunkhouse. And I mean, obviously they're going to invite me, but yeah, yeah, it's just there. like, Hey, come in. Like with, oh, no, you, o- didn't with... Live, you didn't live there. I forgot. No, no, no yeah. that was the second year. Second yeah. year. Yeah, yeah. My bad. Yeah. My bad. No, that's okay. And, uh, but yeah, it's just with open arms and it's like, dang, who are these people? These people are amazing. Yeah. Like, and that's so universal too. I, th- I think to like agency stuff like BLM state, uh, forest service, I don't know, Cal Fire, maybe. I never really messed with Cal Fire, and they kind of have a different structure. But, you know, like anything that is kind of fire-related, I think, you know, structure fire, probably the same deal. You know, like, come on in, like, got some food here for you, you know, like, make yourself comfortable, you know, like, let's hang out, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get to know you. One, and they actually, like, most of the time, it feels like they sincerely want to know, like, what's your story? Where you come from? Like, how'd you end up here? Yeah. You know, and they, <laughs> like, people are actually, like, curious, though. Like, yeah, they're not yeah. just saying it to be nice. Yeah. You know? And I think that's so important, man. Yeah. That bonding, creating family. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, man. It's a yeah. It's like a, it's kind of like a tribal thing, you know. The way you all come together, you know, one similar goals and mission and similar passion for the out, outdoors, but everyone has like a different way of getting there, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of different where where they wherever they came from, you know. And the weird thing about fire too, sometimes it seems like it's a can be like a second career for folks, you know, like they tried something else and you know, wasn't filling enough or whatever. They just want to get do something new and they get out and try the fire thing for a little bit. And it may, may not stick, but it's something to, something to do for a little while, you know, until you figure out what you want to do. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, a really good thing to do because of the group that, that are around and the amount of hours you can get in a short period of time mm-hmm. and you make pretty good money. Yeah. So. Yeah. I really like the, the, the freedom that we get, especially like for our mind, like when you're out there, there's not like a, sometimes there's not a lot of stimulation, the monotony can get to you and it's just, you just start to think 
Yeah. <laughs> and then, or someone comes up with a random thought. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, where did that come from? Usually yeah. it's like out of left field, something wild, dude. Yeah. South or somebody will have something yeah. random. You're like, <laughs> yeah, you got fruit making beats, just yeah. making sounds, and you're oh, just man. riffing off those. Yeah. yeah. That reminds me of that old video of, of fruit when he first got that little, like, uh, Old beat machine thing remember mm-hmm. and uh we were going up to take the hose off that uh one burn i'm trying to remember where you were everyone was like in class or something but it was like me and doug fruit and parker and it was like snowed like a lot <laughs> <laughs> you know it was on that one burn that we lost there's a little yeah, slop up, up there yeah. yeah yeah and um i mean it wasn't bad it was just like a little bit of a slop and yeah the, the shots mostly took care of it and arthur was <laughs> he inhaled so much smoke, man. I think, oh, really? I think he puked a few times. Oh and no, brutal, man. Oh, no. And I was like, and I was on the very the entire other side, and I I was just ferrying water around and supplies and fuel and stuff because I was pretty much fuel muling for that whole like burn operation, like the bolt days, and mm-hmm. uh, so like I'm like cruising back, like nothing. My my side's dead at this point, and like the only thing that has any attention is slop, and pretty much everyone's gone except for the shots and a handful of Steve I folks and. I come around and look, all the Steve I folks, I'm pretty sure at this point we're just huddled by the engine and just like sitting down looking horrible. And I was like, what happened, man? And they were just putting that hose lane for the shots and just eating smoke. Oh, no. Yeah, so old Connor was there too. Connor, I think Connor might have even still been engaged at that point. That dude was, that dude was kicking ass. He's man. got no quit. No quit, no man. Quit. That was a beast. Kind of one of those, like, unassuming, you know? Yeah. But we'll get after it with the, with the best of them, you yeah. know? Oh, man. We were, one day, um, yeah, we were coming down from from some project hill up in the Sapphires. Sapphires, right? Sapphires? Yep, Sapphires, yeah. yeah. Up yeah. Ambrose there. And it was me, Connor, Demondal, and Seth. And we get a call at the end of the day. It's like five-ish. We're coming down, and we got to respond to a fire. And not respond i don't know go to a fire in superior a new start oh we'll get you and we end up pulling like a 24 ish hour shift but connor is probably the engine boss trainee were you guys in the type four i think so i think yeah, yeah, yeah i remember yeah, yeah. that yeah, i think you guys were all wedged in that type four i don't remember exactly but i think we were yeah extended cab and people. that might have been why they called us because we had the type four i think so yeah for you help show in water <laughs> And yeah, Connor takes on the trainee and throughout the whole night, just without fail, like, uh, like a clock and a robot, he's just patrolling our line the whole night. And we're like, dude, do you want a break? He's like, nope, I got this. Yeah. Just uh, cruising, man. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and like, like so without fail, like without even, uh, like a second thought, second thought, and even yeah. like a sign of fatigue really even like yeah. mentally or physically, <laughs> the guy can just roll, you know? <laughs> He's he's so sound too on both aspects. Like he, his brain works at a very fast level. He's he's sharp, you know. Yeah. I really like working with Connor. Yeah, Connor. Oh, he's 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 super dialed. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, dialed. That's a good word for it, man. Yeah, and the, and he always has been. And the way he and he's um, you know, because sometimes when people are that like dialed in, they're high strung. But he's not, man. Like he's yeah. he's. He's like business, but still fun, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. like witty and kind of keeps, keeps you like, and and because of him being kind of more business presenting, he'll like hit you with something that's just like funny, like out of left field. He'd be like, what? You know, like, <laughs> yeah, you don't expect yeah, it because did, yeah. he's like kind of like all business and also like say something that's just kind of funny and you're like yeah. kind of witty and you're like, oh, 
Yeah. You know, like, it makes it more funny, though. You're like, oh, that was good. Yeah, it hits a little harder when it's yeah. coming from Connor. <laughs> yeah, it does hit a little harder. You're like, ow, that was good. That was really good. <laughs> you, know? you never expect it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, lulls you in that sense of security. Like, oh, man, mm-hmm. he's so nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let me get you. Him and Doug have the best bath back and forth, though, man. <laughs> yeah, Doug gets into it. He does, man. Yeah, he's... He's uh, he's passionate. He's passionate. He's a, yeah, he's a little more wild this year, I think, because you know, he's like got his perm and a little bit more of a leadership role and stuff. So, mm-hmm. but but in a good way though. Like it, I really liked working with him this year, it's just for the small amount of time we did. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he's coming back or not. I think so because I think he's still in school. So Steve, I, you know, does a really good job of working with the schedule. Yeah, no, he's actually done. I think in May. Oh, done with school. He's done. Oh, yeah. good for him, man. Yeah, I can't. Remember. Yeah, I'll sit. I'll sit down with him again. I keep we keep talking about maybe doing another one because both of us were like, you know, the very first one, yeah. the pilot episode. So both of us were just like staring at each other. Like, <laughs> do you ask the questions or do I ask the questions? <laughs> you know, and and I was so worried about taking too long a pause between stuff. I'm trying to work on that. Like, I mean, you, you listen to Joe Rogan podcast, right? Not lately, but I used to. Yeah, quite yeah. a bit. Yeah. yeah, me too, man. I. There's a dude. He's hammering them out, man. It's like hard to keep Still? up. Still, yeah. Like I, I'll just kind of catch one that like catches my eye on uh, either a person or a topic, but he does such a good job of just like letting a conversation sit. Like I'll just like marinate on something for like an extra long second, mm-hmm. and it's really not that uncomfortable because you know what he's doing if you listen to his podcast. But for me, if I have to marinate on something for a minute, <laughs> I'm like, uh, you know, like yeah. it's been too long of a pause. Yeah, I think it's worth it. I think it's probably worth it. To, to marinate for a second yeah yeah because i think it's a good like mental break because it gather your thoughts for a hot second you know mm-hmm. but yeah Man, i can't believe you're so you've only been in fire for three years huh yeah i keep thinking like, you've been in like four like two and a half yeah <laughs> yeah huh yeah because well i mean everyone counts their first season but they, everyone's first season i think it's about that yeah well i came on in august but but yeah, I mean, you still got like three months though. Most people oh, come on in yeah. June and they leave by August. So oh, I see. June, July, August. You know? <laughs> okay. And some people don't even get a full August in because, uh, depending on what school they're going to and when it starts. Mm-hmm. I think I started in September, so I got a little more time. But then, I mean, in your first year, I mean, that first month, at least the first two weeks, is like guard school and other classes, and then two twelve, you know, S two twelve, doing all the saw training, and that takes yeah. that's like a week in itself because you got all the classroom stuff and you got your field day and and then most of that season it feels like you're working on saw stuff trying to get better and more confident you're not worried about killing yourself and everyone else isn't worried about you killing yourself mm-hmm. <laughs> or killing them or killing them <laughs> yeah exactly yeah yeah i can get a little sporty out there mm-hmm. been around a few overconfident stories in the beginning that <laughs> yeah <laughs> cut some trees they probably shouldn't have messed with you know yeah i haven't seen that in a while i think maybe maybe that Maybe we're getting better at training, so I don't know if that's really happening as much, hopefully. Yeah. Maybe, maybe in other areas, but... I would hope so. Mm. Yeah. We do. That's definitely a safety issue. So, see your city for another year, and then, mm-hmm. then smoke jumping, or what, man? I don't know. I think I... I don't know if smoke jumping's for me. I don't know if I'm for it. I don't, I don't want to put my... I don't necessarily want to put my body through all that training and... Well, it can beat you up, too. Physical man. stress. Just to try to get in. That's and all. That's yeah. the hardest thing, right? Yeah. Because you don't know if you're going to make it, and yeah. you, but you're guaranteed to beat you up a little bit, you know? Yeah. And I'm actually, uh, I think I'm I'm a little afraid of being put in that situation because it, it sounds like it's a little bit 
maybe a lot like mind over matter just like pushing through uh a little bit maybe not maybe i'm wrong but i think just with my history and looking back i think a lot of my time just pushing through pain and mind over matter no pain no gain i think it's just led to issues with my body and injuries <laughs> Wearing and it's like, out. yeah, yeah it's, like, it's, like, it, it's not worth it yeah, yeah it's not worth it yeah it's all pretty rough on you man i mean i remember a lot of the friends i had that were in shock cruise for a long time when they came over the jump world they're like my knees are smoked but from the friends from running the saw on shock crew you oh, know like he's yeah. carrying so much weight all the time and then smoke jumping doesn't help probably i imagine <laughs> yeah you know like all the weight in the pack house and stuff, yeah. especially the rookie training like you said i mean typically like six weeks of beating you up you know yeah because like once you even make it to the, the parachuting part of it it's still like beating you up you know because you're trying to figure that thing out you know it's it's a steep learning curve mm-hmm. you know when it comes to manipulation of the parachute part of the training you know mm-hmm. i remember just hammering in my first jump and like one where I was like the training wheels were off and it was like kind of my freedom to make decisions <laughs> and I hammered in hard oh but I was a little worried a little worried I wasn't gonna make it after that one I was running with the wind <laughs> not a not a good move <laughs> um but fun though man I mean like you the thing though is like it's a uh, such a challenge that like I keep kind of repeating it but not too many folks get a chance to do you know especially with, like smoke jumping because you have to have so many years in fire before you can get a chance to do it yeah. you know so that's what makes it kind of a little more unique that way mm-hmm. yeah and just kind of the, the novelty or the uniqueness of it like smoke jumping like what yeah. jumping out of a, of a plane to fight a fire it feels old school doesn't it like yeah, totally, old, old forest service like yeah even though it's not I mean really in the big picture of things like 1910 compared to 1940 or 1939 uh, was the first like Smoke jumper rookie class is like 1939, so 1940 out of Missoula here. But first fire jump, I think, 40 out of nine mile. I think if my history is right. Really? Oh, yeah. Wow. So depending on who you ask, you know, 39 was like the first established base out of NCSB. So mm-hmm. that was kind of like our, you know, my kind of my stumping grounds there. So that's kind of our, uh, you know, claim to the smoke jumper world. But then technically, you're not considered a smoke jumper until you have your first fire jump. So mm-hmm. the very first fire jump was out of Nine Mile, which is out of Missoula, pretty much, uh, which is Missoula, you know. So Missoula really has the first claim to be in smoke jumper by those rules. Wow. Yeah, and I jumped out of Missoula longer than I jumped anywhere, so you know I got definitely got a lot of, you know, a love for Missoula too. So mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. Missoula's got a lot of cool history. They they all do, man. Like all these Forest Service places, like old shot crews and districts and stuff, you know, and. Repel crews, you know. Mm-hmm. Repel, you know, repelling hasn't been around as long, but I mean, some of these bases are still super cool. You know, they're not older spots. You know, what about repelling then? What about it? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's there. I I I know there are options, but yeah. I I like where I'm at now, and until that changes, that's a good way to do it, man. One step yeah. at a time. I uh, I was going the same way. I I think I. The idea of smoke jumping was in my brain in the beginning, but mm-hmm. it also felt so far away. You know, you're trying to get so much information, figure out how fire even works and like what your role is as a, mm-hmm. as a new person in fire. And so I was just, how does the engine work? You know, like, what is this tool? And you know, <laughs> yeah. does it, how does this work? You know, like, <laughs> I just dig a ditch around this thing and it goes out. Like, uh-huh. 
I, yeah, I needed a little. I need to see that before I actually like, really believed it. I was like, oh wow, that works pretty good actually. Yeah. You know, and then just the whole operations, like how how wildland firefighting happens. You know, like I'm so near, you know, I have no other experience with it until I was actual in the forest service. So it wasn't really. I mean, the idea of smoke jumping, I think, was in in my head a little bit. But then after I started in my first year season in the forest service, I was like, well, it wasn't even th- it wasn't really a thought at that point. And then once all of a sudden I had enough time in grade. Or you know, the year before, when I had my four, my GS four, I was like, I had the quals. I was gonna have enough time to be a five. You gotta be a five to be a smoke jumper. And I was like, man, I, can, I think I can do it. And I started like, I turned up, turned up the intensity and on like kind of my lifestyle and training and and even getting after fire more. I was like, I gotta do something to make make myself stand out, you know, to the to the jump world. And so I was planning to go, I was planning to go hot shot, and then just got lucky, man. I'm pretty sure, like almost 100% sure, I was the last person hired in the 2013 <laughs> rookie class. <laughs> the very last smoke jumper hired. So uh, I'll take it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm just glad I got the opportunity, you know. And I didn't I didn't expect it. Uh, I, you know, I was just going around shaking hands and getting my face out there and my resume. And, and um, you know, I figured like it'd be about two or three years down the road. And yeah. Yeah, I just got super lucky. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. I think a lot of people didn't really know about NCSB maybe or just didn't want to go that far away maybe. I don't know why there wasn't more competition out that way, but I think that's kind of what happened is, like, NCSP was the last to hire anybody, and all the heavy hitters are already picked up by, like, Missoula and McCall and Boise and Alaska, and, you know, I'm trying to think of who else had a rookie class that year. Redding, I think, had a rookie class. Redmond didn't even have a rookie class that year. West had already had their folks, too. And, well, um, why why would they not have a rookie class? Because nobody, there's no openings, or? Funding, yeah. The oh, funding. funding. Funding was... Super weird back then, man. It was not weird. It was just like dry. Like there were, like NCSB wasn't gonna have a rookie class. They didn't have any funding, so that'd have been no rookie class for Region Six at all. Yeah. And so then um, we ended up having our rookie class. And then news to me when I showed up in Redmond in the van, uh, they're like, "Our rookies are here." I mean, a rookie, bro. <laughs> <laughs> your rookies, you know. And it's like, oh, Region Six. You guys never rookie class, so where your where your rookies? Oh, oh I get it now. Uh, yeah, I didn't. I didn't know how that how that math worked. <laughs> so we showed up. And I was all pumped to see a new base, and they just handed me a broom. I was like, "Oh, yeah, I'm familiar with this tool." Great. <laughs> you know, like, uh, I know. I know how this works. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was also kind of nice though, because then you get a job right away, and then you don't like have the rookie nerves of like, "Am I doing what I'm supposed to do?" It's like, yeah, I know what my job is. I'll just go mm-hmm. go do my job. Go sweep. You know, <laughs> sweep and clean. Where is NCSB out of? Winthrop, Washington. Winthrop. Yeah, kind of north, uh, west-ish. See, Washington's kind of weird to me, and I think I'm getting this right. Everything east of the Cascades is like East Washington, even though the Cascades are more like west. Pretty western, yeah. Yeah, probably. So, yeah, yeah. So it's actually like, I mean, it's like West Washington, Western Washington, but it's kind of like yeah. it's on the east side of the Cascades. So beautiful, man. Beautiful valley, just beautiful country too. Hmm. Gnarly jump country. So I'm kind of lucky that I got to go there, man. Yeah, uh, had some had some pretty sporty jumps. Um, how north is it in the state? Pretty far north, man. My last jump there was like right on the border, almost like when oh, I wow. when I hit the ground and okay. took my phone out. Um, I uh, you know, checking to see if I had service. Um, I think I was like hacking the fire at this point, but I was I was getting like weird signals because I was getting like a Canadian Candy, signal. Yeah. yeah, so like my phone was all messed up, so I'd like walk down the ridgeline a little ways to call the base. Mm-hmm. And like, otherwise, it's getting like a weird roaming signal from Canada. Mm-hmm. So we we're like right there, 
And uh, man, I talked to someone recently that jumped the border, and there's like this big clear cut that is a like border, which is weird. <laughs> so like they they hacked off this fire, and they didn't really know because it was back in the day when they didn't really have GPS or anything. I don't think so. Like they were hiking out of the woods, and uh, all of a sudden they came in this huge clear cut, and that's when they figured out like, oh, we're in Canada, you know? <laughs> Not wild. That's pretty nuts. Yeah, it sounds kind of illegal or something. Yeah, but like back there, but there's like a shared. I think there's a shared fire space, like so many miles over the border on either side, which uh, is kind of okay. closest resource. Okay. So of course, I think it might've been a repellers actually who was telling me this story. Hmm. I don't know. They all kind of blend together after a while, you know, mm-hmm. it's unfortunate because they're all like pretty cool in their own, own way, but man, need like a, I wish I had like a Rolodex in my brain of, you know, better like times <laughs> and dates, you know, like I, I got them in my little smoky, but I could think like talking to Reen, I don't know if you saw him, he's been on my podcast, but he's been in the bitter for a long time and, telling experience and he kept a journal every day and so it, i thought i had a pretty good grasp on all my fire history and you know just forest service history and man sitting down with that guy it's so amazing because he, he has it all just like day by day you know dates times yeah. events and in uh, his head no he has it all journaled okay, and, yeah okay. like a little almost like a right in the rain kind of notebook and gotcha. he's got a bunch of them and a bunch of photos like he he took a ton of photos throughout his time too and mm. Man, I mean, it's it's impressive. But when we sat down, I think he might have had a notepad for the second one, for the second interview or second podcast. But man, I never saw him glance at anything. Man, he was just rolling it, dude, and like like it happened yesterday. Oh, I see. Like he was just yeah, he was just cruising through his timeline in his head, and he was like really detailed. And I'm glad we got a chance to talk about this because I meant to talk about it with him. But I mean, by the end of the podcast, like I I don't want to like hold him up any longer because they're like four and five hours long so like oh, i don't want to like bug him too much with questions you know I'm like all right man well you know appreciate it and you know hope to see you in the next one you know like and uh you know because i didn't know if he'd be like a waste of his time but he seems to really like it. he's a really nice guy he's he's a man but man the way he just rolls through his his timeline is incredible hmm. you know like i started in like 2008 and i if i was trying to like make that like in chronological chronological order until now That'd be a problem. Like, <laughs> I, I could like take out my old smokies and kind of, you know, suss it out a little bit better. But if I was just like telling you like my timeline, I, mean, I couldn't even tell you about last year with my yeah, Crohn's. Exactly. I was struggling. Yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah, I was in the hospital then. And then, you know, so it's nuts, dude. Yeah. It's impressive. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So when do you, when do you start, man? When do you, when do you go down to Cedar? April 16th. April 16th. No, not this Sunday, but next Sunday. Dude, so when a critical start, 12, the, May? Six, the 16th. That's yeah. day one. Day one, bro. Yeah. What have you been doing? You been push-ups, pull-ups? Yeah, put right. push-ups, pull-ups, uh, plank. But actually, get your diet clean. What you doing? Uh, my my diet's actually like pretty clean. <laughs> oh good. But I'm just I'm hung up on I aggravated a very very ancient to me back issue. Oh. Yeah. Like it's an old injury, huh? Yeah, I, uh, I herniated a disc when I was 16, I think. And I, was, I don't just probably a lot of lifting, working out, probably overuse, and some, this disc probably slipped out. You know, I don't yeah. I don't really know. It's hard to say. Well, I can't track it back to a... Yeah, like a specific, like a traumatic event necessarily. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then kind of ironically, this off season, I kind of try to dedicate it to taking care of my body. Smart. Yeah, and uh, I kind of started this this segment, I'll call it, called I'm Calling Conversations with My Body. 
yeah. And I'll just I'll just relax and I was going to the pool a lot and I'll just do what felt good. And it was just a lot of stretching and it ended up being like a lot of like geriatric pool work kinda like that you would see the old, older people do. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, pool yeah. aerobics and all that. Yeah, good stuff. just things that felt good and felt right. Yeah. And I don't know what happened, but I think I think due to my injury, um, my body just probably naturally protects it because it tightens up whatever muscle group is down there. Yeah. And I think I tragically, I did something to aggravate my back and it's kind of been nagging me for the past couple of months. So oh, geez. yeah, I'm, I'm unfortunately still dealing with that. And That's really, backs are tough, man. Yeah, 12 days away, but should be good. Like even if all I need is time and, Although it feels like it's the one thing I don't have any of, or yeah. it's the most limited resource at the time. Um, Do any ice baths? Cold showers, not ice oh, yeah. baths. Yeah, but a cold shower here or down where my brother is in Driggs feels like an ice an ice bath. Yeah, imagine Driggs especially, dude. Yeah, it's kind of higher elevation there, right next to the park. Yeah. Oh god, get out of here. What? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. Yeah. Um, what is the elevation in Drake's? It's higher, isn't it? I don't know, six, seven, eight. I don't, I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know. I think it's yeah. I think West Yellowstone's about the same. Yeah. It's a little higher up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Damn peasant! I just heard him. You hear him? <laughs> it, I thought it was like a horse or something. I know. At first, I was like thinking it might have been, but I think it was that pheasant. He's been kind of marching around here. Mm-hmm. Um, man, yeah, that's tough, dude. But like you said, like right rehab and then managing it during, you know. Mm-hmm really helps and especially the clean diet thing i think it helps a ton mm-hmm. yeah uh the moment the moment i eat a cheeseburger have a milkshake uh, i really know my body tells me yeah man oh, not, yeah i'm glad you said that part too because i meant to you know comment on the like the talk conversation with your body i mm-hmm. think that's huge especially like a little systems check-in yeah you know i've heard of folks and i do it once in a while in the morning you know like wake up and kind of like wiggle your toes and mm-hmm. move your ankles and yeah. your knees and then up to your hips and kind of work your back out a little bit you know and so like wake everything up and then get out of bed i think that's always a good move and you know time of course you know depending on how much time you have in the morning you can make some time that really helps i know for me man like yoga has been like especially hot yoga, hot uh, yoga. 90 minute hot yoga you ever done it i've never done hot yoga yeah. i love oh, yoga but i've man. never done hot yoga hot yoga is where it's at i've never really done i guess i've done regular yoga a little bit but not not regularly, but like I did hot yoga. First wow. first yoga I ever did was hot yoga. No did way. not know what to expect. And I went in, like, luckily one of my friends who had uh, jumped, the, I think the year before me, he had rookied, and he's the one who recommended it. He's like, dude, do this. It's going to help you out, especially, like, absorbing an impact. You know, mm-hmm. like, you want to be a little more limber and yeah. flexible. Uh-huh. So he's like, this is going to help, and, and it'll help you running, because I was struggling to get my running time down because my gait was getting tighter as i was running more because my muscles were getting tighter and i wasn't yeah. stretching because i'm an idiot <laughs> so, you know just meatheading my way through and uh so i went to hot yoga and i think man after like one or two sessions like my mile time just dropped dude like way faster really yeah and i wasn't putting any more effort in like it felt way easier you know to cruise mile because mm-hmm. my gate went from like nothing to like way open you know and yeah. it was so nice and like little felt like little effort you know <sighs> before i was more like robotic you know there's no like flow i was just like hammering you know steps and kind of like really throwing my hips forward yeah yeah to get you know extend my legs a little bit and trying to get my time down then once i hit that man it really helped a ton and then so after my first year smoke jumping i wouldn't hit that a bunch that that winter me and my wife and i had wrecked my foot and it's not a 
dumb move. I went for we went. It wasn't really on purpose, but we went for a really long hike in Arizona near Prescott, and uh, over that cool kind of like um, sandstony country. Mm-hmm. We weren't planning on it, and it just kind of like ate some dinner. We're gonna go like walk off our dinner and with the dog, and we ended up putting in like ten miles, and I'm in flip flops. And oh. it jacked my foot up, dude. No. <laughs> yeah, no. Like my foot was like bound up, and I couldn't, I couldn't get it to like release. Nothing. Like I was had um, like lacrosse balls rolling it on. I was stretching it like this way and that way, you know, like doing like the calf kind of stretches and yeah. you know even massaging it and hot bath, cold, everything. Nothing was like it was like a what it turned out to be was like almost like a massive knot in like the middle of my foot, like all balled up, and I couldn't get it to release. And then after one yoga session of, I think it was like the standing single leg stuff, it made my foot like extend out to like keep my balance, I think is part of it, and the heat, and re- was able to make it relax. And after that, dude, my foot was fine. Just one session. I was like, wow. Wish I would have thought of that earlier. Yeah. Any idea how long it was between when your foot kind of seized up and when... The yoga? The hot yoga? Um, I'd say it was a couple months, man. And wow. it was Yeah, it was a pain because like I was starting to get try to get in shape for uh, critical, or not criticals. Um, refresher. So you know, every year we go through refresher, and then we got to hit 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 our minimums. You yeah, know, like yeah. mile and a half push ups, pull ups, sit ups, and then pack test like everybody else. And uh, you know, push ups, pull ups, and sit ups never been much of an issue for me, uh, being the meathead I am. But yeah. the run is always <laughs> a little bit more of a <laughs> slog for me. And uh, I was, I'm always you know always worried about it. And especially with my foot being jacked up, like it just makes it that much more painful. You yeah. know, like I knew I could do it, but it just hurt way more. And, uh, yeah, man, after that first set session, we released and I only had a couple more weeks until refresher. I was like, man, I'm good. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is golden. You know, cause I was already like mentally preparing for just, you know, working through it and then not be able to like put any pressure on that foot for the rest of the day or the rest of the week, maybe, you know, mm-hmm. but as soon as you get through refresher, you're good. I just have to rehab it after that, you know? Yeah. Like you pass fail kind of deal. Yeah. I'll have to try that. Yeah, yeah, hot yoga and the ice bath, man, really helps a ton. Like, I was in college for college track. Like, we pound a ton of miles, man, especially in sprint workouts because really slapping the ground hard, you know, and uh, and long jump. You know, as a jumper, primarily, I was there for long jump. So, man, my feet would be taking a beating. And, you know, you ever ran track, like, sprinter shoes? Uh-huh. So, yeah. like, little slippers you yeah, know, yeah. with spikes on them. Yep. They're kind of cool. Feel really light, kind of comfortable. So light, yeah. Yeah, and, and comfortable, too, because they, like, shit, mold your foot. Yeah, and you run on your forefoot. Yep. Yeah. But there's no padding. <laughs> nope. You know, so you're just hammering the ground. And the track is a little more forgiving, but um, still, I mean, you're just hammering the ground for, you know, however long, 45-minute session, whatever you're doing for a sprint workout. So afterwards, I go sit in the ice bath, and, man, I could really feel it in my feet. Like, mm. that was the first thing I'd just start just killing you know and i'd be in there just like biting on a towel just like oh you know like getting through but it's usually the first like five minutes and then after that everything goes numb, no, numb yeah. yeah and then at my first season i was living in the dorms you know so i'd like st- stiff leg it back to the dorms and then go take a really hot shower <laughs> and, go, and go to sleep slept so good after that too man um i was going to the river here i don't know if david ever told you but like i was going to the river a little bit last year i think it was to go sit in it in the Bitterroot? Yeah. And I think I'm going to start doing that again from I was, my back. I was hoping to get in there with you last year. Oh, yeah. After yeah, the season. Yeah. Yeah. I was, yeah. yeah, I would drag out Dave whenever I could. Did you? Go hop in there. Yeah, yeah, awesome. yeah. I know, like, the first time me and Dave walked out, he, like, kind of walked up to, like, I don't know, like, his ankles or knees or something. <laughs> and he hopped back out, and he's like, what are, what are you doing? And I, like, <laughs> I go out there and I sit down. Yeah. 
Gotta jump in. Yeah, but I was glad he was there because I'm like, need a spotter just in case I'll get locked up and I can't get out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a little hard getting out of that with all the slippery rocks and stuff, you know? Yeah, but you you spent some time in there. Yeah, I, I was shooting for like 20 minutes. That's that what I did. That's absurd. Yeah. Wow, I mean, I'm telling you, you get past that first like five minutes, man, then it's just, it's all good then. Yeah. Then you get like this cool euphoric feeling when you come out. The problem though is like your legs are like gone, you know, because they're numb. So trying to get back out, yeah. just slipping around. So I basically like bear crawled my way out, you know, yeah. on hands and feet. And, and then uh, once I got out, then you just get this like awesome feeling. And yeah. It takes forever for me to warm back up. Yeah. Just refreshed. Re- yeah, and refreshed. Born anew. Yeah, I think so, man. Yeah. I think it's just such a powerful anti inflammatory that like it, you really feel like, it, at least for me, like all levels, like even brain fog you know like it feels like it helps relieve like some brain fog and any other like maybe tension that i have and you know they say you carry a lot of like tension in your neck and back mm-hmm. you know so i feel like it helps get rid of that too because i usually try to go into like just below like chest line is usually as deep as i try to go like during rookie training me and my rookie bro going after every day and we had like a giant coconut water we'd just be like in our sweatshirts <laughs> and we'd have them rolled up <laughs> like, just sitting there and the locals were like what in what? the world are these guys doing <laughs> Yeah. That was like some fresh runoff, I think, while we were sitting in, so it was pretty cold. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. You got any more adventures before you head back, man? Um, not Nothing crazy, no. No, take uh, it, just taking it easy until the 16th? Yeah, I mean, it's only like 12, 12 days away, I think. Uh, yeah. yeah. Going to my brother's and in Driggs. And then. Yeah, today's the 4th, so. Yeah. Jeez. You'll be in it, dude, by the time this comes out, I think. Because I'm on, like, a two-week schedule. Uh-huh. So, next yeah, week. Yeah. yeah, this coming weekend, uh, I think I'll do part two of Reen, and then uh, and then this will come out. So, it'll be, like, we're, like, three weeks out. So, it'll be almost done for <laughs> Criticals by the time it comes out. Yeah. Perfect Just, timing. Yeah. Yeah, it'll work out good, dude. Uh, yeah. Um. So, you're not in fire anymore? Is that correct? Or maybe not. Uh, still in fire at the moment, but um, I'm on my way out. So on your way out. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, it's like one of those deals until like you're actually in the position. Um, don't really know if you're gonna be in it, but at this point, I'm still, you know, technically uh, assistant foreman down there in Sula, but um, which is super cool. Uh, it's just my body can't depend. Sula's an awesome spot. Yeah, you know, it's just right there at like the base of the pass, like, and man, it's beautiful, cool. And now it's just like a workstation, so there's really not a whole lot of folks there, and a big chunk of the area is fire. So it's just like we got a whole bay that's a weight room. It's two bays actually that's a weight room, and then we got you know the bay for the engine and the chase rig, and then all the hand crew mod- rigs are just kind of out parked. But then we got a whole fire cache building. It's just all for fire folks. Like it's pretty cool. It's like kind of going back in time, but it's just it's such a cruise from here and. Uh, you know, with my health and, and being gone so much, man, it's just not really in the cards. At this point, I kind of thought I'd be more like an FMO status, which you probably actually I should be because one of my really good buddies is an FMO by now, you know, <laughs> yeah. with the amount of time I've gotten in, but, yeah, uh, wasn't in the cards. Mm-hmm. How old are you? 37. 37, okay. Yeah, so I got like 16 or so fire seasons in. Oh, wow. Yeah, so... <laughs> If it was, if I got a perm right, I'd be like four years from early retirement, you know. Holy cow! Yeah, not wild, dude. That is that is nuts. Oh, fine. Yeah, you know, I I wouldn't change anything, but 
Yeah. It would have been nice to have that. <laughs> you know, fire a diamond already packed away. Yeah. You know, because then I'd probably just, you know, grid it out for another four years and, and uh, try to jump the ladder a little bit, you know, get a couple GS levels and then get that yeah, yeah. boost and be set. Yeah, retire to fire and, and probably stick around the Forest Service, maybe do what I'm doing now with the partnership thing or do mm-hmm. something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. And then, you know, and then I have higher quals, our 184 and stuff too. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't follow and do that though. I think once I'm done with fire, I think I'll be, I think I'll be good. I think you know, like for me, I've just done so much of it, and I've got so much summer that I missed out on that I'm looking forward to getting. That yeah. I, I don't think I'll be drawn back in unless financially something happens, and I'm like, you know, I need that AD money, then I'll go back. But, but the new schedule, you know, the new series is coming out, and just from all the little notes and stuff I've been seeing, like grassroots fire and a few other like um, online uh, folks that are doing. I'm trying to remember, like, one of the other podcasts, I think, has been kind of giving updates on it. But, I mean, it sounds like it might be pretty good. I heard rumor about, like, Portal to Portal, you mm-hmm. know, which should be kind of nice. Yeah. Because one of the things that, like, bugged me, I mean, not enough to, like, really make a stink out of it, but, like, it's just tough when you're on a fire and, you know, you're sleeping at a camp, you're away from home, but you're still not getting paid. You know, like, that's that's the part that kind of is tough, you know, because, mm-hmm. like, the conditions aren't great. It's not like they're you can put up in a hotel room very often. You know, you're sleeping in a field with... Yeah. On the ground. On the ground. Camp crowd usually going around and stuff. Yeah. You know, like the conditions are not great. I know they understand they're not horrible, but like it's just, I just thought it'd be kind of nice if you got like some kind of night diff for, you know, sleep on the ground and, mm-hmm. you know, away yeah. from your home. Would be nice. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, but I mean, it wasn't, obviously it wasn't enough to like keep me from the job. Like it's still like, you know, you still have like your camp fun and stuff like you're messing around with like the rest of the crew, but uh, it just would have been nice to get a little bit of pay for that for, you know. You get your 16 hours paid for, but then the rest of the time you're there, the other, what is it, eight hours that you're on, you know, like they're in, what, 24 hours a day and they're eight hours, 24 hours. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah, my math right. That's it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> later in the day. So, you know, that rest of that day there, man, like the eight hours that you're still, you're off the clock, but you're, it's not like you can go do anything, you know, it's like you can go catch a movie or a nice dinner. You right. Know, like you're, yeah, yeah, you're not, yeah, you're not kind of clock no you're not you're still married to the the fire there you know for the extra eight hours of not getting paid so Mm -hmm. it's just i think for me it's just like common sense i guess kind of that you should be getting paid for for Mm -hmm. time because it's not really free time if it's really free time then it'd be a different story yeah that's a good point i've never heard that oh really put that way yeah i don't think maybe i'm surprised but yeah yeah, I don't think a lot of people talk about it because they just, like, don't want to think about it, maybe. <laughs> yeah, just accept the reality. Yeah, it's just oh. part of it, you know? But I always thought, I was just like... And, you know, when I first time, it was just more like a like a fun camping trip, you know, with your, with your buddies, you know, and getting to meet new folks. Um, so I was like, you know, it, and, like, getting food, you know? So you're not having to pay for food. You're getting water and Gatorade and, you know, like, all chocolate milk I could really want. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so like, oh, it's like oh, it's whatever, small potatoes. But then as I got older, and you know, I was like realizing like how much free time I'm losing in the summer, and then not getting compensated for it was something I just started to think about a little bit more. I was like, you know, we got a pretty cool job, but um, just be nice to get a little bit more compensation for the time that we are away from our families and Definitely. aren't at home for. You know, yeah, that's why like. You know, if I could be, you know, like there was even like some rumors of being like kind of like more of a local firefighter, kind of like the bitter did this year, and where just be like available local. Like, mm-hmm. I like that idea. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. like 
just kind of and that's kind of how it used to be right like there wasn't really a cruise or something or much even when they were there they were the ones who really left the force as far as i know i mean maybe some some engines out i mean i'll have to ask reen the next time we do a podcast because you know he's around for it but even when i started it people didn't really go that much you know like we go to southwest early if they had some fires but you didn't really you didn't go to region eight as much it seemed like in the beginning and i mean now it's if you want to, man, you can work year-round and fire nonstop, you know, like go down and burn in the winter in Southwest and then yeah. come burn here in the spring and then fire season starts. And, I mean, you can go and just go, you know. And I, I had a couple seasons like that when I was jumping and a couple of nights where I was like, oh, man, <laughs> like I'm missing out on some things here, you know, being gone so much. And just, like you said, wearing your body out too, you know, mm-hmm. putting some miles and hours in the body and, you know, I'm – for me, like my career was nowhere like beyond crazy, you know, like I wasn't doing like anything extra, you know, compared to what a lot of people have done. But just like for me, I was just like, man, you know, put a lot of miles on this old body, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's part of it, probably, right? Is like recognizing like when when maybe you should hang it up or maybe you should look at something different, you know, <laughs> like yeah, like you're talking about doing that kind of self analyzation of being like, man, how's how's my health? How's everything looking out here? Yeah, well, sometimes it's hard to come to just accept reality or come to terms with but yeah 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 exactly man like especially you know if you're in that mentality of like kind of kicking ass and getting after it you know and and being part of the team and feeling like you're a vital part of the team it's like you yeah. don't want to give go away because you feel like not only you're letting yourself down but other people you know you feel like you're letting down you know a crew a forest a district whatever it might mm-hmm. be you know it's like man i, I want to leave these guys hanging you know and uh, you know, sometimes you might even feel like people might be safer with you around because you're, you know, a little more heads up on some things or whatever it might be, you know, so then you worry if you're not around there, you know, not that it may change things or not, you know, mm-hmm. but yeah, this new fire though, this new series though, man, I'm really hopeful that it changes a lot of that. I think I heard rumor and I don't know if this is going to be true or maybe this is me like wishful thinking, but I think even the health screens are going to be more in depth because that was one thing really cool when I went to the, I mean, among a lot of cool things, but I went to the structure fire, like one of the cool like beginning parts is during the workup, like when they first give you like a tentative hire, they do like a big workup on you health wise and chest scan, ECG, you know, all the, used to be EKG, right now it's ECG. Oh, what, they changed it? Yeah, echocardiogram, I think is what it's called now, Yeah, so ECG. Um, so they, you know, they do the full workup on you and blood panels, all that to see like where you're at to get baseline and then. I'm pretty sure it's like annually. It's not a set schedule at that point then. Like you do like the same workup and so they can keep track of how you're doing and what's going on. And if you are kind of getting some, some cancer, like, um, you know, something's like metastasizing in your system, like switching the lungs and a lot of structure fire folks, Mm -hmm. like, uh, they can catch it early. Like there's a sad scenario of a, a guy who actually passed away who was, part of the reason why they're able to hire some new folks is a great falls guy had some uh, had lung cancer and they just weren't ca- able to catch it early enough and then um another firefighter from seattle came over and i think he helped uh get the new screening for montana fire department passed because he had the same cancer but because the in-depth health screen they do for seattle fire department they caught it early enough so he's fine i think he's still doing the job like they were able to you know, he was able to beat it at an early stage where, you know, this fellow wasn't lucky enough or wasn't, you know, that lucky. So sadly, um, Hardy's a great guy. I never met him, but, um, 
So this new if they do that for us, that's gonna be really nice, man. That would be nice, yeah. Yeah, yeah I get a get a hold of man, I don't know. I've been in fire long enough where it seems like a lot of people are getting like weird tumors, like myself included. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like I had that weird tumor and yeah. yeah, some of the other folks I know that have had them had them, you know, like my friend Big Ido ended up getting a brain tumor, you know, and like in his last season, you know, and ended up passing away from it. It's fucking tragic, you know. So like we can get ahead of this stuff like that man like, mm-hmm. it's important you know mm-hmm. so she can give your career you know your good chunk of your life away to something like this man you know so yeah so i hope that rumor's true i hope that's coming through because i think that'll help out a lot you know and, and also i think it'll help keep the health bill down a little bit too you know for health insurance you know you catch, yeah, right? catch stuff early and then yeah. you don't have to do as aggressive you know treatment that's a good point yeah yeah man you know it helps with and and maybe it'll be some money too for like some preventative health stuff too, you know. Like I don't know if that would help with like you know, I don't know diet plans or something. Maybe mm-hmm. um, when I first got my degree, I thought maybe I'd be able to do that for the forest services, like help with the with the PT program and more of a standardized diet. You know, I originally thought I'd do like a standardized PT program, but every district's different, every region's different. So it's like if you standardize a PT program for every district crew or what or every fire crew, you yeah. know. It's, not really applicable applicable you know yeah like you're in miles like even in montana like you're on mile city you're in different train than you are here yeah you know? you'd so. have to cater it to like almost most regions or crews yeah yeah so that's i think it's important to have individual freedom you know per district even you know of what you're going to do because even depends on what your access is you know like maybe you got a ton of roads so you don't ever have to really hike so you can do other kind of fitness things you know like in that case you can probably do more like weight training stuff because you're probably going to be you know, pulling a lot of hose, you know, mm-hmm. if you got a lot of roads. Mm-hmm. So a little bit more weight orientated versus like, like you're saying with the shocker doing a bunch of hiking and running, you know, that's probably more standard and more functional workouts for most of the stuff we do is, you know, just hiking and running. But, you know, if you're on a engine though, and you're doing more hose pulling and hose pack, you know, carrying like, I'd rather do a bunch of squats and, you know, kettle, yeah. kettlebell workouts and okay. stuff, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Stuff there, getting my core built up, my legs, you know. Mm-hmm. So like, I yeah, I don't think a standardized PT program would would benefit anybody really. Yeah, eh, some people, but yeah, some people I guess because yeah, some of those maybe some of those places that aren't really PTing so much, you know, like it would kind of force them to you know program, you know, maybe and have a little accountability, maybe I don't know. But yeah, kind of like the freedom in it, you know, the PT program per district or per work center or whatever. But the, I think the diet thing, you could kind of make that a standardized thing, but that would be tough because you'd have to go kind of go back to the old ways of there being like a kitchen at every district, you know, and which would be awesome, but it'd be expensive, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I don't think that would be feasible, but that'd be the dream. Yeah. Uh, crew meals would be cool. Yeah. That's be like, especially like you, like at NCSB, they had an awesome garden, you know, so if you could like have like an awesome garden like that and do like you know, fresh veggies and, you know, fresh, like, local meat, you know, like, that would be pretty sweet, especially in the spots that we work, you know, ranchers all around and stuff, you know, you get fresh eggs and fresh beef and chickens and stuff, you know, and and then fresh veggies, you know, a lot of times at NCSB, you get, like, these awesome salads from just the jumpers, you know, making this awesome garden, mm-hmm. so you could do it, it's just, you know, it'd be nice to have a little bit of funding to back it, you know, mm-hmm. so... Yeah, man. Well, shoot, I can. I can let you go. We did. We did almost two hours here, brother. Oh wow. Yeah. How's it? How's the cruise? I feel like we didn't quite cover everything, but it was, you know, kind of rustling that cord in the beginning, and yeah, it's okay. Kind of threw me off my. 
next time. It'll give a reason for me to come back. Yeah, absolutely, man. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll do a follow-up and see how the season goes. How's your back right now? Uh, It's pretty good. It feels fine right now. Oh, good. yeah. I think. I don't know. It's kind of sometimes I'm out of touch, but... Until you stand up. Or until, like, my mood just shifts. It's like, well, something happened, but... Driving gets me, man. I've had, like, a sciatic issue. I've been wrestling. So, like, right. if, I, if I drive for anything over, like, an hour, man, it's, it's super tight. Mm-hmm. Well, shoot, man. Uh, you got anything you want to throw out there? Any social media or anything? No way. No, nah, I'm, yeah. I'm good. Not yet, man. Maybe, maybe we get the bakery. That's the bakery? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, like, yeah. Like I said, I'm a dreamer, and I like good bread. Um, inspired by travels and my brother, and he makes good bread. But, he does? Uh, a sourdough guy or what? Yeah, big sourdough guy. Uh, he's got his own little live culture and oh, yeah. keeps it running, has for a while but uh yeah i don't i don't want to get too much into that because i don't want someone to steal that idea but i have yeah, a, no, we I don't have a, I have a dream of opening don't, a, don't, do a it. don't talk about it yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll leave it at that we'll not say where but, yeah. yeah yeah then you can pop out some social media yeah 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 that'll be still the dream looks last time we talked to you it sounded like you're maybe fading on that a little a, bit a dream a dream a dream it's good though man i could have a few you yeah. know mm-hmm. then some other stuff just happens like this like i didn't expect this really and then i was laid up and I've told the story probably too many times, but mm-hmm. just kind of came to be, you know, through COVID and tumor, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of laid up and had some time to think. And yeah. I was like, man, and just, I think just, uh, having a career of talking to people like you and all the folks that are like in fire that just have awesome stories, you know, like, um, and they're all so different, you know, um, me and you have had overlapping time in fire, but your stories are different than mine, you know, cause we were oh. different fires at different times, even yeah. if we're in the same district, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it's really cool uh, to me at least so well yeah we'll leave it at that man i guess uh the next time maybe we'll be talking about some some news yeah there'll be something new you know definitely yeah no there's more to talk about but yeah and you'll have some you know some goal or something new that happened you know whether it be something cool in the fire season or yeah some some new that's the thing man, about fire too you get some some time to think between fires you know traveling in the buggy or whatever so yeah something might pop in and also you're like yeah, that's where, that's where I want to be. Yeah. You know, which is cool. Yeah. Well, all right, man. Well, thanks for coming. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, and thanks for anybody who's tuning in and listening. Appreciate you. Mm-hmm.